It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. We turn the calendar from February to March. Every game now, we're down to the wire. March Madness has begun here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Limble and Coach Rick Marone. Happy to have you along with us here on this March the 2nd. Welcome back, Coach, again. Glad to be back. <laughs> and we are now, you know, since we last spoke, we now know the pairings for the Girls' State Tournament, which begins next Wednesday morning at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. We also have boys' sectional play, which is almost completed. Um, most sectionals wrap up tonight. There are a handful that play tomorrow, uh, but it's a fantastic time of year, and uh, Coach Marone, for uh, for coaches and players across the state, this is kind of what you point to. Um, you know, not everybody gets a chance to get to get there, but it's still uh, it's still everyone's goal at the beginning of the season. And uh, for a lot of kids and a lot of coaches and a lot of communities, they're they're kind of living out the dream right now. <laughs> yeah, living the dream. I think uh, as you see things unfold, like you mentioned, when the calendar turns to March. That's what March means, not only March Madness on the college level, but also on the high school level. And, and when you get down to regional and state games, it's elimination time. You know, sectionals, uh, Joe, they take the top two now, the winner and runner-up. Both can advance, and we'll talk about the girls' bracket in a little bit. A couple of those had to kind of take a long way around. They ran into a situation uh, with a coaching situation due to the work stoppage. Uh, one of those games ended up being an upset. I'm talking about Bridgeport and Lincoln. Both of them ended up getting it done. We'll talk about that. But March is definitely about March Madness, Joe, and I think uh, it's what you play for and what you work for all year round. You know, one thing about it, if you do have a bad game in a sectional, you have the opportunity to rebound. And, and that has happened, you know, quite a bit, and I expect it to happen some more this season. And there were several sectional runner-ups that went on the road and won in regional play in girls basketball. And, um, you know, it, it's just, like I said, it's a fantastic time of year. We have a jam-packed show tonight. Uh, we'll hear from several of the coaches and players who are uh, probably right about now wrapping up their sectional <laughs> tournament games uh, throughout the night, broadcasters as well. And uh, we will also hear from uh, several of the players and coaches who will be participating in the Girls' State Tournament next week. But we know that you are here for scores, so let's get our first check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. You know, I probably should have told you guys how we were going to do this, but I'll I'll take care of it here for the first one. I'll just give you guys a break, which means I probably won't do another scoreboard. In boys, sectional play, Region 1, Section 1 in Class AAA. It was Wheeling Park defeating John Marshall 42-38 in overtime. Alex Vargo makes four free throws, accounting for all four points scored in the extra session. University survives against Morgantown in Region 1, Section 2. The Hawks get the win, 58-55. They are 23-1, so next week you have John Marshall at University. Morgantown goes to Wheeling Park. Those are the regional co-final games next week. Also tonight, Washington defeats Jefferson 61-49 as the Patriots will host the Musselman Martinsburg loser, and Jefferson will travel to the winner of that game. Also tonight, kind of an upset in Region 3, Section 1. It was George Washington defeating Capital, 69-63. 
I say sort of an upset. GW's 18-3. and three. I still think they're one of the most un- underappreciated teams in the state. That sets up a fantastic matchup, though, next week because Woodrow Wilson tonight in Region 3, Section 2 of AAA defeats Princeton 79-45. So your two matchups there in the Region 3 co-finals. Princeton travels to George Washington. Capital at Woodrow Wilson. We'll talk about that much more <laughs> as we go on throughout the night. The Battle of Parkersburg for the Region 4, Section 1 title also came down to the wire. And the Patriots of Parkersburg South get the win, 52-50 over the Big Reds. And that sets up a matchup with the cross-section rival from Section 2 in Region 4. Huntington defeats Hurricane, 63-57. Both those games very tight tonight. So next week you'll have Parkersburg traveling to the hill in Huntington. Hurricane goes to Parkersburg South. In Class AA. You know what, Joe? I'll just turn AA over to you. All right, we can do that. In Class AA, Region 1, Section 1. Philip Barber and another tight one over Berkeley Springs tonight to uh, advance 59-54. No surprise here. The Polar Bears in Region 2, section or Region 1, Section 2, rather, they wore out North Marion tonight 97-54. It was Robert C. Bird picking up a win tonight over Elkins in that Region 2 Section 1 game in Class AA, 58-44. Bridgeport, the Indians, uh, lead at the half over Liberty Harrison, 33-20. That's in, uh, of course, uh, Region 2 Section 1. Braxton County, the Eagles, advance to the top spot. They now are 20-4 and four in Region 2 Section 2 Class AA as they defeat Nicholas County tonight. 66-54. Nitro, the Wildcats fall to Winfield in that Region 4 semifinal game by a score of 71-64. And the other Region 4 Section 2 game, it was the Chapmanville Tigers defeating the Logan Wildcats at Mingo Central High School tonight over on Minor Mountain by a score of 57-40. And Rick, I'll let you slide over and take the <laughs> single-A games. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. Let's take a look at Class A tonight in Region 1. Wheeling Central rolls over Cameron 71 to 44. That's Region 1, Section 1. The other side of that, we will have that score for you shortly. Tyler Consolidated takes on St. Mary's in the other side of Region 1. Region 2 in Class A, Notre Dame 61, Trinity 58, Section 2. Uh, Region 3 is Mount View and Greater Beckley, and Greater Beckley gets the win in that one, 56 to 49. Let's look at Region 4 action tonight. I tell you what, this is a powerhouse of a region in class a ravenswood gets the win maybe not as big as some may thought 52 to 47 over parkersburg catholic crusaders 14 and 10 but really gave the red devils all they wanted still waiting on that tug valley van score and that should set up some really interesting regional finals and ryan that's a look at our basketballnight.com scoreboard update always check out our twitter handle at hoops underscore roundup you can also go to basketballnight.com to get those scores throughout the evening and really any time. They're up there all times, 24-7. And that Tug Valley game, I do know Tug Valley won, but the person that posted it didn't give a score. So. <laughs> it's amazing how often that happens. <laughs> yeah, really. I can tell you, I've gone to games too. I'm like, yeah, I know who won. What was the score? I, <laughs> I have no clue. I don't know. <laughs> didn't check. That, that happens sometimes. But uh, let's go right to the phone lines. Bill Cornwell. Uh, we'll talk Bill Nestor in just a moment. But first, let's go to Bill Cornwell, co-host of uh, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. He joins us as he was at the Huntington Hurricane game tonight. And, Bill, a tight one, but a big win tonight for the Highlanders. 
a big win for the Highlanders, and Huntington is, uh, I guess you could say, one step closer to trying to repeat as Class AAA champions, but they were really pushed tonight by Lance Sutherland's Hurricane Redskins. Final score was 63-57. to Huntington came out smoking to start the game, a three-pointer just seconds into the game by Michael Dawson, and it really looked like Huntington was going to be uh, – a superior team tonight. Uh, they they had a 18-12 um, lead after the first quarter, but really, Hurricane decided in the second quarter to start really challenging, and um, they actually outscored Huntington in the second quarter, 16 to 12. It was 30 to 28. Huntington at halftime. A uh, uh, couple guys that really uh, stand out there in the uh, in the second quarter. Tayshon Blackwell, uh, who. Uh, Actually came off the bench for Huntington, had a big second quarter as he uh, was able to uh, get uh, seven points. But Nick Muto, the senior uh, number one guy for Hurricane all season long, scoring and just in leadership, he uh, he started uh, and had a good uh, good second quarter after a slow start. He had seven points, and he really, at that point, got Hurricane really – going now. So again, it was 30-28 at halftime in the uh, third quarter. Uh, stayed pretty tight. Um, you never really saw uh, anybody um, get much of a lead. About three-point lead for Huntington. It was about all that they could get. Hurricane actually had a couple of leads in the third quarter, and Huntington uh, again was really pushed. Huntington uh, was up 50-45, to though, after three, and uh, they outscored uh, the uh, Redskins 20-17. to But then, uh, fourth quarter, Tight early. Uh, stayed pretty tight, although Huntington was in control pretty much the entire uh, fourth quarter. But uh, they end up outscoring the uh, Redskins 13-12 to and uh, on the way to the 63-57 win. And um, scoring-wise, um, interesting night. Bryce Davis, a uh, big night. He was the big scorer for Huntington. And, I, you know, usually you think with Huntington it would be Michael Dawson. But it was Bryce Damas who had 19 tonight, and Michael Dawson 17, and Tayshawn Blackwell had 12 points as far as double-figure scores for uh, Huntington. Uh, leading score in the game was Nick Muto. He had 20 for uh, Hurricane. Other big score, as usual, for Hurricane was Austin Deering, although really seemed to kind of tire as the game went on. He had 16, but he was pretty quiet there at the end of the game when they maybe needed a little bit extra boost from him. And those they were the only double-figure scores tonight for the Redskins. Um, but uh, nice job again, gritty job by the uh, the Redskins. Uh, Huntington, just a little bit more athletic, uh, maybe a little more overall talent, a little more quick than the Hurricane. But the, uh, i got to give Hurricane credit. They were really gritty tonight in that game. And also i got to give the officials credit, the, the officials uh, – they, they worked the sectional both uh, Wednesday night and tonight. I think they were up in the, from the Parkersburg area. And they let these kids play. Uh, this game was physical. There was a lot of contact, but it wasn't a dirty game. But uh, they let these kids decide it on the court and uh, let it be a little physical. So credit to those guys. Uh, a good job officiating. But uh, Huntington well on their way to uh, heading back to Charleston and see if they could defend that uh, AAA crown uh, and, of course, uh, they'll be uh, hosting the uh, the grads of Parkersburg next Tuesday night, and the uh, Hurricane will have to hit the road for Wood County to take on Parkersburg South. And, Bill, that was an important game because for Huntington and Parkersburg South, who are, quite frankly, two of the best teams, 
if either one of those games goes differently, they're playing each other in a regional co-final. But as is, Huntington gets Parkersburg on Highlander Mountaintop next week, and that'll be uh, you know that that's important. I mean that 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 region is is kind of a minefield to, to travel through. It is a big minefield to travel through. And one thing that really kind of struck me uh, uh, about Huntington tonight, though, you kind of saw the eye of the tiger with this team because I've watched Huntington quite a bit in the last few weeks, and they have struggled. Uh, you know, they, they've uh, they lost to Capital a few weeks ago. They uh, barely beat Spring Valley, a, a team with only about six, seven wins on the year out at Spring Valley a few weeks ago. And uh, they've been a really up-and-down team. But tonight, you could really tell that I think uh, uh, that um, they have finally decided, you know, it's postseason, and if we want to win another state title, we better get serious. And you kind of saw the look in their eye and just the aggressive way they played tonight that uh, this uh, Huntington team is very much of a mindset that uh, we want to go to Charleston. We want to get the job done once again. It's time to get at it and get serious. Bill Cornwell, who had the Huntington Hurricane Boys game tonight, the Highlanders get the win, and the Region 4 Section 2 championship, and will host Parkersburg next week. Hurricane will travel to Parkersburg South. Bill, thanks so much. We've just got to keep right on going here real quick. Uh, as we are nearly up against a break, we still have a little bit of time, though. Enough time to talk with our good buddy Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio. He had the Robert C. Bird victory tonight over Elkins and a 58-44 win for the Eagles. And, and Bill Nestor, tonight you're in a sectional semifinal round. You're still almost uh, kind of a round behind where the, <laughs> most of the rest of the state is. You're exactly right. With the way things have gone and the issues with being able to get on the court and actually uh, participate in postseason basketball. It's finally uh, nice to be able to do that after a 10-day hiatus uh, without a game or practice. RCB finally getting a chance to get back onto the hardwoods. And uh, really, <laughs> what a rough start for the Slangle squad, guys. Uh, started out trailing 22-12 at the halftime break, mustering just six points apiece in the first and second quarters. But uh, a tale of two halves for RCB as they got back uh, into the flow of things, so to speak, in the second half, outscoring Elkins in the third quarter, 25 to 14, and then in that fourth quarter, 21 to eight, uh, and really turned it around. Went to a full court press after the break, and uh, got a lot of turnovers, some easy transition buckets, and of course, not only do you turn a team over when you speed up the tempo, but you also force that team to take quicker shots, uh, run through their offense a little bit quicker, and they get out of sync, and that's what happened to to the Tigers here this evening. Really a a great effort in the second half of the Flying Eagles to pull out a huge win. Um, Bill, we, we know the situation with Harrison County schools and uh, the inability to practice, the inability for coaches to coach, the inability for games to be within Harrison County when it came to the girls' sectional tournament. How have, how have things been handled this this week? Pretty much the same exact way, Ron. It's been uh, status quo ever since uh, things shut down and uh, there's been no opportunity to practice, to uh, to spend any time together as a team, and it's been very difficult. And uh, the last time RCB was on the floor, actually 10 days ago, against this very same Elkins team in a game where they didn't have their point guard who had the flu. Uh, so really, in that last time they were on the floor, they really weren't together as a complete unit and then uh, not being able to practice or do anything else. So it's been very difficult, very frustrating, and it showed in that first half 
the RCD players really looked lethargic, a little bit out of sync, uh, no flow at all, at all offensively, scoring only 12 total points in that first half. So it took its toll on this squad. Uh, but I'll I tell you what, a, a resilient bunch uh, that came out and uh, laid on the line in the second half. They didn't want their season to end and uh, stuck it out. It's a very tough situation, very unique, and it's uh, just a very awkward feel uh, for everyone around the sports programs. And, of course, with what's happening, it's, it's you know, it's just a tough situation for everyone involved. But, but I do give a lot of credit to uh, the RCP administration, uh, the principal, Mr. Gibson, the athletic director, Scott Davis, and a, and a volunteer coach, Billy Childers, for stepping in and doing a, a fantastic uh, job here this evening. And, and forgive my ignorance, Bill, but uh, where was this game played tonight? We were at Davis and Elkins College. There we go. We played a doubleheader there. Yeah, doubleheader <laughs> time. So fans got to get two for the price of one. RCB locked it up really early. We tipped off at 6 o'clock, and then Bridgeport was playing Liberty when we left. Bridgeport had a slim five-point margin there midway to the third quarter, last that I had heard. So a back-to-back uh, kind of doubleheader there at Davis and Elkins College. Yeah, and again, that's a that's an area right now that is uh, being challenged by this teachers' work stoppage and service personnel as well. And um, but a big win for RCB tomorrow. They get the winner of that Bridgeport Liberty Harrison game. The last score we had was at the end of the third quarter. Bridgeport led fifty two forty five. We know that game's still in progress, though. Uh, Bill Nestor, thank you so much. Um, we we know it's been a it's been a rough couple of weeks for, for you up there with the. Uh, the way things have gone with uh, the scheduling of uh, games and being able to, to handle them and uh, certainly wish you and everyone else up there the best in not only from a broadcast standpoint, but obviously from a coaching and player standpoint as well. Ron, really do appreciate that. It means a lot. It's always great to talk to you guys. It's something I look forward to. And, uh, you know, the last couple weeks have been difficult, but knowing tonight that I get a chance to get this game in and talk to you guys, it was a cherry on top. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Hey, greatly appreciate that. You too, Bill. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. He is the voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. And, guys, we'll go to break in just a second, but let's kind of wrap our heads around what happened here. Uh, Coach Marone, I know that um, put yourself in the shoes of a player, put yourself in the shoes of the coach in Harrison County. Uh, you're not allowed to practice. You're not allowed to use the facilities within the county. You're not allowed to coach your team <laughs> in its biggest games of the year. It's a, it's it's. I mean, a challenge is almost an understatement. Yeah, I don't know uh, really how to describe that. I don't really know the purpose of it. I don't understand how an administrator and an AD are allowed to coach, but the regular coach is not allowed to coach. There's a lot of things we don't know, but the things we do know is it's a totally surreal environment. Just like Bill was talking about, it was a very awkward kind of surreal feeling. And then you got to go to Davis and Elkins College to play the game at 6 o'clock before another game. So uh, hard to overcome that, give them credit. RCB came through. Coach Bennett does a great job there at RC Bird. And uh, hopefully things will get back to normal and he can be on that sideline. We know – how great a job he does, but Joe, I, it's really hard to even try and even discuss it, to be honest with you. I actually talked to Bill on Saturday, and he was so frustrated. That's the reason he didn't even call into the show <laughs> last Friday night. He said, I don't want to say something to upset the apple cart. But can you imagine the frustration, number one, the players, and number two, the communities? I mean, you know, they rally behind these teams all year, and, you know, they're pumped up. It's sectional play, you know, a shot to, you know, play in the big dance floor in Charleston. 
and you can't have your games, but yet now we're making makeshift ways to, to get them in. Well, and the thing is, too, Ryan, when you're playing across counties, you've got different policies. You've got people from different counties. One of them has the coach on the sideline, and the other one doesn't, and uh, it, it's just it's, it's different. It's a disadvantage, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is certainly a fascinating situation. You also have two Harrison County teams right now going at it in sectional play in Elkins. Right. Between Bridgeport and Liberty <laughs> Harrison. So, uh, you know, it, it's, again, we don't want to delve too deep into this because there are factors there that we right. are not aware of, and we certainly appreciate that we are unaware of that in terms of we don't pretend to be aware of, uh, of everything that went into that. So uh, we're not trying to vilify anyone there. We're just celebrating basketball and talking about right. the basketball side of things. It's tricky. It's very tricky. We're going to step aside take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk with another coach who's having to deal with this, Dennis Hudson, the head coach of the Bridgeport Indian Girls team. That team qualifying for the state tournament next week in Charleston. And wow, what a situation they've been through as well. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically report accurately and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tonight we'll have a new standout athlete of the week, from the Frankfurt Fallons. Also, don't forget to join us in our poll question tonight. You've got till 11.45 to vote. The question this week, should the half circle under the basket be implemented in high school basketball? Let us know what you think. Tell us yes or no. We'll let you know tonight at the end of the show. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers. Just joining us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, Tanner, Jeff Taberner, Joseph Smith, Laura, Jason Holbert. Others that joined this week include a Highlander fan, Corey Ward, Paige Armstrong, Allison Peters, Hannah Schuyler, Liberty Lunatics, Fallout Shelter, West Virginia, and J.D. Blair. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.23 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone. Happy to have you along with us. March Madness underway in the state of West Virginia. You know, and I don't want to delve too deep into this because we want to get back to the phones here quickly, but... Uh, again, you know, the elephant in the room, there is a 
work stoppage slash teachers and service personnel strike within the state of West Virginia. Uh, if you want to go by the technical definition, it's not yet a strike, but for anyone who's not involved in it, it's the same as a strike. And uh, it's definitely something that uh, a lot of people are dealing with. And, you know, we're here to talk basketball and we want to keep it as basketball centric as possible, but there are certain things that do overlap. So we have to uh, kind of address those. And um, in terms of our stance, you're not going to hear a one sided stance from us because, again, that's not our job to, uh, to do that. But uh, I do want to say that on this show, we love basketball. We just want basketball to be played and with as little interruption as possible. And the rest of it, we hope, gets worked out for all parties involved because we all need to find a way. We all need to find a way. So that said, I just wanted to put that out there and clear <laughs> the air there. Um, the Class AA Girls State Tournament. This week in Charleston, let's get you the schedule on that real quick. Um, that's their first round games. The quarterfinal games are on Wednesday, and it starts at nine thirty in the morning with number three seed Wayne taking on number six seed Logan. Also on Wednesday at one o'clock, it will be number one seed Wyoming East against, or excuse me, number two seed Wyoming East against number seven seed Lincoln. At 5.30, it will be number one seed North Marion against number eight seed Bluefield. And then at 9 o'clock, number four seed Bridgeport, number five seed Frankfurt. Head coach of the Bridgeport Indians, Dennis Hudson, joins us now on the program. And, uh, Coach, it's been kind of a tumultuous week in a way, but I know that you have to be happy for the success of the girls and knowing that they're going to go to Charleston and, and all, you know, intents and purposes you've got a few more days to hopefully get this work stoppage worked out and uh to be able to get back with them yeah it's been a great week for our kids i mean that's the most important thing right here right now we had a great sectional tournament uh championship game against lincoln which was a great basketball game and, and the kids pulled it out uh, 62 to 60 and then last night in the regional game in order to qualify for the state tournament uh, we beat roan county 67 to 45 and, you know, it's, it's all about the kids, and it's great for them, and I'm so happy for them. And, you know, I'll just continue to try to work behind the scenes and, you know, break down film and, and come up with practice plans uh, for um, my uh, principal, Mark Tefazio, and my volunteer assistant uh, to carry on the practices and get the, get the kids ready for the uh, state tournament game on uh, Wednesday night against Frankfurt. And I know that, um, you know, it's out of your hands, it's out of their hands uh, about how that is handled where you're not allowed to coach because of the, uh, the ruling from the superintendent of Harrison County Schools. But uh, obviously that the administration is, uh, you know, I, I would presume based on the success, uh, they've been very helpful and they're doing a good job as well. Yeah, it's been great because, you know, they're just trying to do what's best for the kids. That's the main thing we're trying to do right now is make sure that the kids uh, are prepared as, as best they can be for the game and, uh, you know, try to work with them in every aspect. And and uh, I try to stay positive when I talk to them and, and encourage them and say, hey, you know, hopefully Mitch Carmichael will wake up tomorrow and help change this for us. You know, that, that would take all the heat off of everybody that's in that case, and we're still hopeful for that, uh, you know, to happen. And uh, if not, then uh, my job is to, is to try to provide uh, – Everybody that's coaching them with as much information as possible uh, so the kids have their best opportunity to uh, be successful on Wednesday night. And uh, that's that's the only thing I control, and uh, that's all I'm concerned about this time. Hey, Coach, uh, from a coach's standpoint, just I, 
I can only imagine how frustrating is this entire situation for you as a coach personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't address that now. Uh, I, you know, guys, I have to say no comment. I understand. Uh, here on out, I've, I've made uh, my point earlier, and uh, there's no need to say any more about it. Uh, it's, uh, it's It is what it is. And uh, so the main thing is now is, is try to promote the kids and let them enjoy this because, as I told the kids last night after the game uh, when I talked to them, uh, there's no greater thrill than walking out on that Civic Center floor. And um, I've done it, uh, well, this would be 13 times, as either a head coach or an assistant coach, and it's still as big a thrill for me today as it was the first time that I got to do it in 1984, which, of course, was a long time ago. Uh, but that's, that, that's the main thing. For them to enjoy this moment, and it's something that you can treasure the rest of your life and uh, look back on these as fond memories with your teammates. Coach, this is Coach Marone, and uh, congratulations on making the state tournament. And, uh, you know, from a, a fellow coach and stepping outside, uh, just kudos to you. And I, I saw that, you know, with Lincoln kind of going through the similar situation, for them to be able to go on the road and get a win, they're going to be in that state tournament as well. And just how proud are you of your kids and really all the kids that have really been the troopers here? And like you said, it is about the kids, and they'll get that experience. Uh, they went there a little different route, but uh, they're still ending up in the same place there in the Civic Center. Oh, absolutely. Of course, we're thrilled. You know, we're both in the Big Ten. Uh, we're in the same uh, sectional and, uh, and and both Harrison County teams, of course. So, so that, you know, that's great to represent this area and show that basketball is, is still uh, strong and thriving in north-central West Virginia. And uh, that's, you know, that, that's, that's the whole point here. Uh, you know, hopefully give ourselves an opportunity to play for a state championship. That's why you go down there. Uh, it's not just to show up and make an appearance. You want to be around for uh, a couple days and uh, – and soak up uh, that atmosphere, and it's just uh, it's just a tremendous opportunity. And I was fortunate enough in 2001 to be assistant coach on Bridgeport High School's uh, boys team. We won the state title, no one. So I've got to experience that. I would love for these kids to experience something like that because uh, I still reminisce with those guys from that team and and where they're at today in life. And it's just uh, it's just tremendous memories to have when you're in the coaching profession. Coach, let's uh, talk about one of your players in particular, Coach Marone, and I. Uh, used to call little league games in this area at the state tournament level or at the uh, regional level for nine and ten year olds, and there was a, a little leaguer by the name of Emily Riggs who was the best baseball player in Bridgeport at the time. Uh, she led them to a little league state championship and uh, played down in Warner Robins, Georgia, in in regionals. That was actually the same year that Monet Davis became a big deal on a national scene. She's on this basketball team. She scored 37 points last night in the win against Roan County. <laughs> Pretty good athlete. She is. She, she just has a really good feel for the game. You know, I, I call it that it factor. Some kids have the it factor. Emily's one of those kids that has that. Uh, she has a, a tremendous uh, uh, toughness about her and uh, just mentality to, to score. And last night she just, you know, I mean, she really took over the game early. And uh, they had our time uh, keeping her away from the basket. She penetrated, and uh, Emily is really physically strong. She likes contact. She likes to get to the rim. But the thing people don't realize about Emily, she can step out and, and, and shoot uh, the three pointer as well. Uh, but she was really aggressive last night, and uh, I guess that's why she committed to uh, Pitt for softball as a sophomore in high school. So she's <laughs> she's a great basketball player, and uh, and she's an outstanding softball player. And uh, we're just glad she's on our side. Well, Coach, we congratulate your team on its success and, and also for you for handling uh, this difficult situation uh, as best as possible. And as, like we said uh, before, we hope that everything gets worked out and that you can be on the floor with them 
uh, come Wednesday night. That would be super, and uh, we just keep praying for a miracle that, uh, you know, people in Charleston will do uh, do the right thing. And, and because teachers want to be back in the classroom, nobody wants to be out of the classroom and, and uh, get things more back on an even keel because uh, it just makes it a tough situation and stressful for everybody involved. And, and so I just will do whatever I can in the meantime to help the kids be successful and, uh, and uh, maybe – Maybe some miracle will happen here in the next uh, 24 hours and enable me to uh, be there with them as well. That's Dennis Hudson, head coach of the Bridgeport Indians girls basketball team, the number four seed in the Class AA tournament. They'll take on number five seed Frankfurt Friday night at 9 o'clock at the Charleston Civic Center. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Gabby Lapartis from Wyoming East. The Warriors back in the state tournament this year. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, had a tremendous boys basketball game tonight between Parkersburg and Parkersburg South. And I'll leave you with one note. Gabby Lapartis had 23 assists in the regional championship game. We'll talk with her about that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University, you can visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. Of course, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page down at the bottom of our website for the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com, just click to watch. On Facebook Live, if you go to the RSN Sports Facebook page, you can watch us on Facebook Live. We're also on Periscope. Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Periscope, we're there too. On cable, we're on Sudden Links Network, West Virginia, statewide in the Huntington area. We're also on Comcast Channel 25. If you're watching right now, you see a bunch of pictures that you've sent in. We want to feature your pictures. Send them to us throughout all the games. Send your pictures to us at Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. On Facebook, send them to the RSN Sports Network Facebook page. You can also email them to us. You can email your pictures to scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team, your fans, and we'll make it part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Shout out to some more of our Twitter followers that joined this week, including Crystal Funk, Mike Rogers, Kerry Hudson, Joanna Miller, Fallout Shelter, West Virginia, ESIB21 and Rick Stevenson. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. <laughs> if you're watching the video stream, we've got some outstanding Photoshop skills from the back. They love to get me as best they can. They do a good job, too. By the way, this is Ryan Epling alongside Coach Rick Marone and Joe Limble. Happy to have you back here on Basketball Friday Night 
in West Virginia, a celebration of high school basketball throughout the Mountain State. We'll get you a Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball9.com scoreboard in a moment. I want to go right back to the phone lines, though, as making it back to the girls' state tournament after a one-year hiatus and a year that was really just an injury-plagued year. I don't know if anybody had worse luck last year than the Wyoming East Warriors girls' basketball team. They are back, though, in Charleston, 20-3 and as the number two seed. They will play Lincoln at 1 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. Gabby Lapartis, uh, many people will be happy to hear throughout the state coaches at least, that she is a senior, <laughs> finally, uh, as, as she's been a factor for that ball club for four years. She joins us on the program now. And uh, Gabby, let's just jump right into it. Last night, your team beats Pikeview um, by a final of 93-40, to 40, and in that game, 23 assists. I don't know that I've ever heard that many assists in a high school basketball game. Did you go into the game wanting to see how many assists you could get, or was that something that just kind of came naturally as the game played out? Uh, it came naturally. You know, it's hard not to do that when I have teammates like I do. They move naturally to every spot that I'm looking at, and, you know, they make it easy on me. I know last year was difficult for you coming off of a knee injury that, that ended your season early, but um, and your, your ball club was unable to get out of regional play a year ago. This year, though, back in Charleston, back to the state tournament, I know it's an exciting time for you uh, to, to get back to, uh, to the big stage. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a huge accomplishment, you know, after the year we had last year. Uh, it was really rough on all of us, you know, and like you said, we had awful luck, but getting back to it this year, it's a huge accomplishment, you know, what we all want, wanted to do from the age of, like, fourth grade and you know to be able to accomplish this our senior year you know we want to take it all the way good lord willing but just even get there is awesome gabby this is joe Linville, and and after your disappointing year last year after getting that taste of being in charleston obviously you've set your goals high uh do you feel like you've got a legitimate chance of uh doing it once again and 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 taking that uh, state trophy back to wyoming county of course you know Good Lord, good, good Lord willing, like I said, uh, you know, we want, that's what we want to do. And, you know, I think it's very possible for us. Uh, I mean, that's all I can say, really. I think it's possible. And uh, your ball club will take on Lincoln on um, Wednesday afternoon at 1 o'clock. And, um, you know, Lincoln's been a, a tournament regular as well. This is our fourth straight year of going to the state tournament. Um are you familiar with the Cougars? Uh, maybe a little bit more from having seen them in Charleston in the past than, than maybe other teams. Yeah, we're pretty familiar with them. Uh, I grew up playing ball with Gracie Land, their point guard, and uh, you know we're trying to get film on them. We're trying to learn their plays and get a start on them. You know, we don't ever get to see them anywhere else but state, but we know we're going to, we have to take them very seriously. And again, uh, making it back to Charleston after winning the state tournament two years ago. Uh, I know this is, a, again, an exciting time for that community and, and how it's rallied around the girls' basketball program down there. But um, obviously not a one-person show either. You talk to, We talked about getting 23 assists. That means other people are putting the ball in the basket, uh, you know, with, with, with Kara Sandy, with uh, uh, Jazz Blankenship, with Emily Saunders, et cetera. Uh, you've got quite an arsenal on your team when it comes to weapons. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard not to get a lot of assists with those people on your team. 
Gabby Lapard is the point guard of the Wyoming East Warriors. They're a girls basketball team back in the state tournament. We congratulate you on the Region 3 co-championship and wish you and your ball club the best of luck as the number two seed next week in Charleston. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Again, Gabby Lapard is 23 assists in the regional final. Coach Marone, 23 assists. <laughs> That's a ton for a team, much less one player. But I tell you what, she's a special player. Uh, if you've got to watch her over the years, uh, she really does a lot of the things that you'd love to see young players really buy into like she does. She's a tremendous defender. She distributes the ball. She can score the ball. But she's a great teammate and a great leader. And I think that's what makes her special. It's not about putting up points. And if players could take one lesson from Gabby, it's she does whatever it takes to win. She's a winner. And I tell you what, any coach would love to coach her. And uh, Coach Bonzini's been very fortunate, and she'll do great at Youngstown State next year as well. Well, they took she took those 23 assists and turned it into 93 points. So, <laughs> Somehow know, that seems a, to work out that way, Joe. <laughs> had an awesome game last night. Yeah, it is amazing how that works, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, again, I, I, that was one of those stat lines that just you see that and you go, wow. Yeah. And um, I meant to mention this, too. I did get a chance to meet her dad uh, last week. And uh, just nice guy. Just got a chance to talk to him at a at a basketball game. It's amazing the friendships that you can make through uh, mutual interest in sports and athletics. Let's go right back to the phone lines. One of the best basketball games played tonight was the boys' Region Four Section One Championship game in AAA between Parkersburg South and Parkersburg. Patriots get the win on a late runner from Seth Fallon. Eric Little joins us now, WVVV Radio. And, Eric, when you get the two teams, uh, two schools from Parkersburg together, you expect a great ball game. And that's certainly what the fans and everyone who was in attendance got to see tonight. You know, cliches are cliches because they're partially based in truth. That's a line from Avenue Q for those of you that are uh, are, are curious. Yes, I did just drop uh, a line from a play involving puppets. But it's true. And, Ryan, you're exactly right about that. That's, it, 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 this is an intense game between South and PHS. And it, it, it is every year, every time they meet. They meet twice in the regular season, usually once in sectionals. And, you know, if they make it a fourth time in Charleston, that wouldn't surprise me either. Like you said, Seth Fallon with a late bucket. He was our MVP tonight, 11 points. Didn't lead all scorers, didn't even lead his team. But he had two of the prettiest assists that I think I've ever seen him have in the first half. Some nice rebounds, some clutch shots. He was 3-3 three three from the free-throw line late when they needed it. Uh, and he's really become that player for the Patriots. He's not the leading scorer on the team. He facilitates that offense when he has to facilitate it. He gets points when he needs to get points. Uh, against Woodrow a couple weeks ago, or a week ago Tuesday, he has 24 points for a career best. Uh, on a team where a number, any one of a number of players can step up on a given night, uh, he's certainly one that has that potential and. And he even played it off in a post-game interview. He said, I didn't play a good game tonight. And I said, Seth, you did a lot of different things well. But 11 points, not, not the most, but boy, were they clutch. Uh, again, a, a great ball game tonight. And that meant a whole lot, too, in terms of the postseason fate for both teams. Because going to you know, Highlander Mountaintop next week is a tall task. And the, that's how it played out for the loser of that game. And that will be Parkersburg. It's a winnable game. But it's the defending or the reigning state champions in AAA. And for Parkersburg South to get that win, it kind of made that game that much more important. Well, for as much as this rivalry means to a lot of the fans in this area, Mike Fallon's the first to admit 
that the rivalry is not the reason primarily he wants to win this game, and it's for what you touched on, the fact that he gets to stay at home. And I, I'm grateful he won, too, because I didn't want to make the two-hour drive, to be quite honest, <laughs> but especially, especially not on a Tuesday night. But, um, you know, you, get, you avoid Huntington, you know, as Michael Dawson, one of the players of the year, and um, if, if you get a matchup between Dawson and South Cole Plants, uh, that needs to happen in Charleston, and it may, may very well still happen in Charleston. And I think it'll be one. Of, it would be a fun game if that happened. But you know, PHS goes on the road, and like I said, it's not a shabby PHS team either. They're a very good ball club, and they had some guys play very well tonight. Uh, Keontae Peacock finished with six points for the Big Reds, uh, the best athlete on the floor, I think, on both teams, and he may have played the best game that I've seen him play. Uh, since he's been a big red. Brenton Strange uh, came through with 15 points despite foul trouble for PHS. Uh, was left on the floor uh, with one, you know, you know, in the closing minutes of the third quarter with three fouls and picked up a fourth. So Jeff Danilo had to be very selective of how he used Brenton Strange. They got a chance to go down and get that win as well, but South does not have it easy either because they're going to host a Hurricane team that they played on a neutral floor this season. And Hurricane gave them everything they had. South was up double digits in that game. Hurricane came back to tie the game, or South came away with a win in the closing stages. And South didn't play poorly that night. They just got a Hurricane team that's deep, that's strong, and a team that could upset their way to the state tournament. Absolutely. I think Region 4 is going to be a a great uh, night for the co-regionals on uh, Tuesday night. As, again, that will be... Hurricane at Parkersburg South, Parkersburg at Huntington. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, relax a little bit after that game. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you know, I had a buzzer beater after the game, too, because I was talking to the producers of the show, and, you know, I, they, they said, you know, they got a couple people ahead of you, and they got a hard break. And I said, well, great. That gives me time to run through the drive through. <laughs> they they made me pull up because my chicken sandwiches weren't ready yet. I hate when that happens. You run a two-for-six special and you advertise it over TV, people are probably going to want that. So I'm pulling up. Gabby's on the phone, and I'm thinking, come on, Gabby, stretch for me here. And finally the guy comes with my sandwiches, and, you know, he, he it, it was closer than it should have been, but 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 but, but they pulled out in the buzzer beater. Eric, but, they, yeah. they they've had time to cool now, so <laughs> so we're gonna let you go and you can eat them. How's that? That is a that is a fantastic point. Uh, you know, this is an efficient use of time tonight. Eric Little, thanks so much for the VVV Radio. Partner. And, and French fries cold are just no good. Just nah. go ahead and pitch them. Nah. Hey, you know, I, I, I love those little stories. We'll, we'll talk with Matt Miller, WRNR, in a moment. We'll go to a break in a moment. But first, first, hey, I tricked you guys. Hold on. <laughs> first, we need to do a Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. Joe, we'll turn AAA over to you. All scores in tonight. And oh, all right, that's the sound we love to hear. And AAA, Region 1, Section 1, it was Wheeling Park over John Marshall tonight, 42-38. It was uh, University, the Hawks, uh, in a close one over Morgantown, 58-55 on, in Martinsburg. It was the Bulldogs taking a win tonight over the Musselman, 68-65. It was Washington with a win tonight, 
61-49 over Jefferson. In Charleston, upset. George Washington picks up the win over the Capitol Cougars, 69-63 in that Region 3 Section 1 championship. In Region 3 Section 2 AAA, it was Woodrow Wilson over Princeton, 79-45. It was Parkersburg South in that game we just talked about, 52-50 over the Big Reds of Parkersburg. And it was the Huntington Highlanders picking up the win tonight over Hurricane, 63-57. And now let's take a look at our double-A matchups tonight. All these are sectionals, but a couple of them are semifinals. We'll get into those in just a bit. Class double-A Region 1, Section 1, Philip Barber, 59, Berkeley Springs, 54. Region 1, Section 2, Fairmont Senior, the undefeated Polar Bears continue to roll 97 to 54 over North Marion. That sets up matchups with Berkeley Springs making the trek to Fairmont. And North Marion will head and take on Phillip Barber in those finals uh, in the regionals. Also tonight, these are semifinals. Bridgeport 65, Liberty Harrison 53. And with this score just in Braxton County, uh, 66 to 54 over Nicholas County. And R.C. Bird, a 58-44 winner over Elkins. Those two semifinals, R.C. Bird and Bridgeport, were played at Davis and Elkins College tonight. Let's move to Region 4 in AA. Tell you what, a bit of an upset here. Winfield, 71-64 over Nitro. And Chapmanville, 57-40 winners over Logan, creates some interesting matchups. I don't know if anybody thought Nitro going to have to go on the road at Chapmanville. That's going to be a matchup and a half. Winfield now gets to host Logan, and that should be some great matchups in the regional finals. Ryan, that's a look at Class AA. In Class Single A tonight, it was Wheeling Central winning Region 1, Section 1 with a 71-44 victory over Cameron. The Maroon Knights now 21-2. and Tyler Consolidated picks up a win. And the Region 1 Section 2 Championship game over St. Mary's, 56-51. So St. Mary's at Willing Central, Cameron at Tyler Consolidated for state tournament berths on Wednesday. Also in single A, it was Notre Dame defeating Trinity, 61-58. Fantastic game there tonight in Region 3, Section 2. Greater Beckley Christian holds Mount View to just four points in the second half. And a 56-49 win. Scored 45 in the first half and four in the second. got to get more on that game. Yeah. Ravenswood tonight wins the Region 4 Section 1 title in overtime over Parkersburg Catholic. 42, excuse me, 52-47. And it was Tug Valley defeating Van 96-39 in the Region 4 Section 2 final. So it will be Van at Ravenswood, Parkersburg Catholic at Tug Valley. That is your basketball night. Uh, .com score brought to you by the Marshall University's uh, Sports journalism. There we go. Calm Almost got out of line there. Let's step aside, though, take a break. When we come back, we're running tight. So we'll talk with Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg. Great overtime game in a sectional final there tonight. And Wade Williamson, Wayne High School girls basketball head coach. They're going to the state tournament for the first time in school history. That's when basketball. Friday night in West Virginia continues. This is break three on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scorers online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Jaden Lindsay, Jacob Clark, Cole Honaker, Sidney Nestor, Isaiah Morgan, Deja Busby, Drew Williamson, Ashton Maxwell, Casey Henchman, Whitney Sampson, Cole Whited. And tonight, another from the Frankfurt Falcons will join 
the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athletes of the Week. If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Don't forget to join us tonight. You've got till 11.45 to vote in this week's poll question. And the question is, should the half circle under the basket be implemented in high school basketball? Tell us what you think. Vote yes or no. Of course, go to basketballnight.com. You'll see it on the right-hand side of the page, the poll question. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the results at the end of the show tonight. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Join us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to our newest Twitter followers, including Ariel, Aspire to be Unique, Kenya Smith, and Jasmine Alberry. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We are tied on time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg. Fantastic ball game tonight in the AAA uh, sectional final between Martinsburg and Musselman as it was Martinsburg getting the win, 68-65 in the Region 2 Section 1 final in double overtime. And um, Matt, have you recovered from the game yet? Yeah, absolutely. What <laughs> fun. I mean, Martinsburg raced out to an early 7 nothing lead. Musselman tied it at 10. Martinsburg had a one-point lead after one, but Musselman responded. They led by three at the half. There were three ties in the first half. Then we get into the second half, and Martinsburg opens quarter number three on an 11-4 to run. They get a four-point lead, but only to see Musselman march right back. At the end of the third quarter, the Appleman had a two-point lead at 38-36. But then Martinsburg regained the lead until 10 seconds left in regulation and it was Terrell Hayden who drove to the basket, got a layup to tie it at 48. Martinsburg then had a three-point lead late in the first overtime, but a banked-in three-pointer from straightaway from 6'9", Jake Stevens, tied the game at 58, and finally in the second overtime, Martinsburg did a great job from the free-throw line, helping to pull away for a 68-65 victory. What a ball game tonight. And those two teams uh, had split in the regular season and uh, put on another classic there tonight. So now, looking forward, you know, you, you just get a double overtime game. Let's immediately look forward. Uh, right? <laughs> so Jefferson goes to Martinsburg next week. Musselman goes to Washington. Uh, have to think, at least on the surface, excellent chance for both of those teams that participated in that game tonight in Martinsburg to advance to the state tournament. 
Yeah, absolutely. Both teams will be favored. Musselman had a couple of wins over Washington in the regular season. Martinsburg with a couple of lopsided wins against Jefferson in the regular season. So the Appleman and the Bulldogs both are uh, favored to punch their ticket for a fourth straight trip to Charleston. Certainly don't like to put the uh, cart before the horse or the apple before the cart in this rate. I had to use that. <laughs> no sorry. pun intended. But, um, <laughs> you know, again, we could see that matchup again yeah. in Charleston. And I, I think uh, if, it, if it fits the billing of that one tonight, uh, the state would certainly love to see that on that scale. Matt Miller, WRNR, thanks so much. Yep, thank you. All right, and we're going we're gonna to keep it here for a moment. We'll talk with Wade Williamson uh, of Wayne High School after the break, uh, and Jordan Mouse of FGH uh, had the Tug Valley Van game. We'll talk with him after the break as well because we're just too tight on time here as we're uh, running up against the uh, top of the hour here. But, um, you know, it's been kind of fast and furious first hour to the show here. But, uh, Coach, when, when, you, when you kind of step back here and look at some of these games tonight, some of the top AAA teams, university, had to go – to the wire to win at sectional. Parkersburg South had to go to the wire to win at sectional. Martinsburg had to go to double overtime to win at sectional. You know, I think we have an idea of who we think might be the best teams. <laughs> we could be wrong, though, in terms of it might not be any of those teams come uh, come two weeks from now in the Boys State Tournament. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it just takes one night where you have a team that really has that special night and uh, they can kind of catch lightning in a bottle. We've seen that happen before, and sometimes they can ride it all the way not only to Charleston but to a championship. And I really feel like that across the state as we've went through this year that there's a lot of people that could step into the into the fray. And, Joe, it may be somebody that maybe we're not even – kind of focused on right now, but I tell you what, there's a lot of teams, I think, that have the ingredients to make a good run. And I'm looking at that AAA matchup. Whaling Park and John Marshall went to uh, over in four overtimes tonight. So that's just the kind of play we're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, right. So you had a four-point game, which was the biggest spread between two teams in the Region 1 co-finals, and that was a, you know, <laughs> that was an overtime game. So, you know, enjoy that as uh, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, next week. Like I said, coming up after the break, we'll talk with uh, Wayne High School girls coach Wade Williamson. The Lady Pioneers punched the ticket to Charleston for the first time uh, last night, and uh, we'll talk about their matchup, a familiar one, when they get there on Wednesday morning. We'll also talk with Jordan Mounts as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks to all of our affiliates carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You can watch us statewide on Suddenlink's Network West Virginia. Cable subscribers in the Huntington region can find us on Comcast Channel 25. On Facebook, we're on the RSN Sports Facebook page on Facebook Live. On Periscope, Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX, Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Nitro Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, 
Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM. And 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. And WYAPLP in Clay, 101.7 FM. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10 o'clock, hour two of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with us here on this March 2nd, 2018. We'll do a scoreboard in a moment. Um, I want to go back to the phones, though, as we begin hour two. We've mentioned the AA State Girls Basketball Tournament beginning Wednesday morning, 9.30. The opening game will have number three seed Wayne and number six seed Logan. And uh, the head coach of the Wayne Lady Pioneers, Wade Williamson, joins us now on the program. And uh, Coach, one week after winning the first uh, confirmed sectional championship in school history for the girls, um, this week uh, you join us now with the regional championship plaque uh, in the locker room as well. I know it's just been a, been a fun time uh, for that program the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been really exciting. Everything's been kind of, uh, you know, really uh, frantic last last week or so. But uh, kids, community, kids in the community, very excited, and as well as coaches, we're very excited to be in this situation. And uh, you know, we worked uh, long and hard to get here, so it's uh, it's a really nice time for us. And your PA announcer as well. So <laughs> he, he's yeah, got a, he's yeah, sitting yeah, on a hoverboard yeah. here. It's about six inches <laughs> off the floor. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's good. I know he's uh, I know he's very uh, excited about it too. So we're we're happy about that. Yeah, we're, you know everyone down there is certainly happy about it. Let's talk about the game last night a little bit. Uh, Lincoln County is the, the team you opened the season with and uh, beat, beat them soundly in that season opener. Uh, they had gone ahead to have a successful season at 14-10. and 10. They pulled an upset of Chapmanville in the sectional. Um, they were ahead of Logan at halftime in the sectional championship game before only scoring six points in the second half. And uh, last night you got on them early and uh, kind of seemed to just completely take them out of any semblance of what they were trying to do. Yeah, I, you know, I think that there was uh, just a – you know, a lot of factors, I guess, maybe. I, I think the you know crowd kind of, uh, I don't know, so give us a little, little juice, and then, then we, you know, we were we were ready to play, and 
we shot the ball well early and got us off, got ourselves off to a, a good start. And I, you know, that's always important. And uh, we we were really confident after that, you know, about shooting the ball. And then we 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 played pretty pretty well defensively, uh, you know, for the most part this year. And then I, and I think that just continued last night. So yeah, it's just a combination of a lot of things. Uh, I think that led led us to that. Coach, it's Joe Linville. Uh, first of all, congratulations on a very successful season at this point. You know, any any score that school that can come up with 24 wins has had an outstanding season. Now you go to Charleston. Of course, you face a team that you've already seen a couple of times, but maybe, you know, if you can get by the Wildcats, then the the competition really heats up. And, and you know, how do you keep your girls focused? I mean, you're, you know, at this point, 24-1, and one, uh, you haven't lost uh, since early in December. But, you know, things change when you get to Charleston just a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's just um, we're just we – just, we've, we've had the whole year. We've taken one game at a time um, just as they come. We've not tried to look too far into the future. And so we're – we're definitely just focused on Logan. Um, you know, we had a, a very good game at third place that we were able to, to win late. And um, we kind of, at our place, we kind of, they didn't shoot the ball very well at our place, and we kind of jumped on them a little bit. So we're really focused on just, you know, one game at a time, and they're, they're the next game, and we're trying to keep all of our emotions in check. But I, I don't think we have to keep ourselves focused at this point. Um you know, I mean, it's just uh, this is all kind of new to us, and, and uh, the kids are, you know, the kids are excited, but but we're older, and um, it's just something that we, I think we can, we'll see, it's yet to be determined, but we think we can handle it, you know, moving forward. Hey, Coach, uh, congratulations as well. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully you can keep this thing going. And as you mentioned, uh, Logan, a team you've seen twice this year, there's pros and cons to that. I know you've beaten them twice. Uh, you had a, a tougher game at their place. But they're playing well. Are the Wildcats, they get a sectional uh, title there, and they knock off a really good Winfield team that you're familiar with too. So as you get ready for this matchup, not only preparing for the state tournament, but also a team that you're familiar with, also familiar with you, uh, do you kind of just break things down and kind of look at things that were effective? Or you know, do you try and uh, throw any wrinkles in there for the Wildcats? Not that you're going to give us a game plan or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think it's, uh, you know, we're going to take some of the things that we did well and, and, and try to make sure we do those things well again. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll throw in a few little wrinkles uh, here and there, just to you know, just in case it's something that you know we need to be able to do. And um, you know, we uh, we'll look and, and kind of uh, see how the game goes early. You know, we'll be able to to. Uh, I don't know, maybe switch defenses up if we need to. or We'll have some things in mind depending on what happens in the early, early, you know, early part of the game. So I, I think, it's, you know, as you well know, Rick, it's, um, yeah, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing to beat somebody twice and then try to beat them a third time um, because they have a little bit of a, you know, they're going to change stuff. And so we have to be able to be uh, – we have to be able to be flexible and change ourselves if we need to and, and have some plans in mind, you know, moving forward. Well, I'll tell you what, Coach, uh, you know, I know as you move forward and get ready for the state tournament, I know a lot of us have been around uh, 
uh, basketball in our region down there know the great job you and your staff have done. I know when you came in there, uh, you had a plan, and uh, you've stuck to the plan. And, you know, kudos for myself as a fellow coach, and I know everybody's watched your program. Ryan's been there uh, more intimately than most of us. But, uh, you know, when you have a goal and a plan, just uh, a lot of people don't know what goes on behind the scenes and what you and your staff have done. But uh, uh, those of us that are around and have seen what you've done and your team uh, a lot to be proud of, and I know the community of Wayne will be there in, in huge numbers. It is the first trip for Wayne uh, to the state tournament. Uh, you talked about the buzz, and we've talked a little bit. We're not going to delve into the situation that's going on with the school right now, but just the community in general. Uh, how is that? You told me earlier it started to grow, and uh, I have to think it's about ready to peak. I, I would have to think it was a pretty exciting <laughs> scene there at Pioneer Gym last night. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know if the place was exactly at capacity, but it was <laughs> it was pretty daggone close. So the and, fire marshal uh, wasn't lurking in the background. <laughs> no, uh, not that I'm not that I'm aware of, but uh, it, it was it was pretty close. I mean, that's the biggest, it, it, you know, in my recollection, and, and I've been told it's been you know thirty some odd years that it, they've seen a, a crowd in there like that. So uh, you know. The, the community really has really has jumped on board with the girls, and uh, I've got so many um, positive responses from the community. Um, you know, even today, just being out and around and, and uh, Walmart, different places I've been today, just um, you know, nothing but good things to say. And, and 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 quite frankly, the girls have earned that. They've they've absolutely earned that. They've done what they're asked to do, and. and uh, and and I think the biggest thing you hit on earlier was is that um, people, you know, it's been a four-year process, and it has been that process. We went through a lot of lows. We went through some highs. It's been up and down. Um, and it is a process. And and we kind of stayed the course and, and just kept our head down and, uh, you know, was able to accomplish this. And I, I'm really proud of the kids for, for what they've done. And then once you have a winning program, the community expects it year after year after year. Keep that in mind, Coach. Yeah, well, um, I've kind of been down that road in football. But, yeah, we, uh, but, but, but uh, you know, the uh, thing about that is, is you'd rather be that way, we'd rather be that way than we would any other way. You know, people expecting us to do well. And and um, hopefully we can continue, continue that. It's awfully difficult, but hopefully we can continue that. Coach, I want to mention a couple of players that probably won't get mentioned otherwise, and just something that I saw yesterday, and it's just, uh, and it wasn't just last night, but I saw, when I saw it last night, it just sure. made me think. Uh, when you see someone such as Hannah Priest come in, make a play, do something well, and she'll look over the bench and smile because she knows she just did something well and she's, she's just happy about it. You see uh, Jamalyn Ray come in, knock down a jumper, and look over the bench and just smile because she's just happy about it it's, it's not a sarcastic sure. happy it's true joy and that's kind of that's what basketball and sports are all about uh yeah uh you know i mean there's uh and, and, and we have other kids on the team just the same those two girls you mentioned are seniors and i told Michaela Elliott you know, on that she she had a few shots last night and she she'd been struggling a little bit too so uh yeah yeah i mean i think it's just a part of them you know they're uh, all three of the kids we've mentioned here are seniors and, and they've been there through the ups and the downs, and, and um, uh, you know they they want to contribute like everybody else, and uh, and when they get their chance, they go in there and they they do a good job, and uh, they have role players, and they accepted that well, 
And um, so, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm just tickled to death when, when uh, you know, they make plays. Of course, I expect them to make plays when they go in uh, or they put me in. So they know that, but they, they want to contribute and they want to be part of the team, and, and they are. And the uh, other kids, you know, really respond to that also. And that, that's a really good thing for uh, in our program that uh, for, for – for myself, I just like the other kids responding to, like all the kids responding to each other in such a positive way. Wade Williamson, head coach of the Wayne High School girls basketball team, the Lady Pioneers in the state tournament at 24-1. and And we'll take on Logan coming up on Wednesday morning at 9.30. Coach Williamson, again, congratulations on uh, getting, the, getting the program and the school to its first ever basketball state tournament. Well, I really appreciate Appreciate it. Appreciate being on the show. So uh, we'll do the best we can Wednesday morning. There you go. That's, again, Wade Williamson, head coach of the Wayne Lady Pioneers. Let's go right back to the phones. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that call uh, some more a little bit later on. Let's go back to the phones now. Penn Kurtz is the head coach of the Wheeling Central Maroon Knights. Uh, their girls are seated number two in class single A and will play their opening state tournament game on Thursday at 1 o'clock against 7th seed Trinity. And Coach Kurtz is with us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach Kurtz, um, never take anything for granted. First off, congratulations on returning to the state tournament. Thank you. Thank you. It's a real uh, privilege to be able to play in the state tournament. Your ball club picking up a win over Ritchie County, 88-41 in the uh, Region 1 co-final uh, earlier this week, and uh, just tell me about uh, you know your ball club's at twenty two and two for the season. Um, it's hard to imagine that you would have expected much much more out of them. Well, they expected a little bit more last year. I think we came in the state tournament with only one loss, and we pretty much had everybody back. Uh, but we, you know, we stumbled a couple times this year. Uh, I think the players were a little disappointed, but we had a couple key injuries and lineup changes that created some some uh, adversity for us to fight through but we managed to get through the season and and have been playing pretty well once the tournament started you're taking on a trinity team that you have already played back on january 25th your ball club went on the road and in, into the morgantown area and beat trinity 62 44 so uh you know we, we've talked about uh, a couple of these matchups in, in state tournament play are uh rematches that is another one and um i mean from from your standpoint when you get to the state tournament i don't think you care who you play but uh also you you are playing someone that you don't have to go looking for film on that is nice yeah it because uh, often you can't get the film we were fortunate to play them and it it, it was a much closer game than the final score I, the, we were watching the film the other day, and it was a four-point game at the end of the third quarter, and seven-point game with about uh, five minutes to go, and we were able to create some turnovers and get some space on the score. But um, they'll, they'll be a tough team. They have two outstanding guards and a and post player who's six-three that creates a lot of problems inside for us. So we'll, I'm, I'm sure they'll be ready to play, and we'll have our hands full with them. And, and coach, I know you understand this as, as well as anyone would. Trinity's record may not be eye popping at thirteen and twelve, but games are so often about matchups, and you just mentioned there um, they they can create matchup problems. They do, uh, 
you know, they, they, like I said, their guards are as good as any two, uh, two that we played this year. And and that six three, she's uh, you know she's long and and she clogs up that middle. And uh, they they do a nice job of taking care of the basketball and and working within their system to make things work for themselves. So we'll have to play pretty pretty well on the defensive end and then get out and try and run on the on the offensive end. I know that you don't look ahead too far, but in terms of your half of the bracket, also with Tucker County and Magnolia, that should be a, a, a lot of uh, fun watching that play out next week in Charleston. Once again, congratulations to the Maroon Knights on returning to the state tournament. We wish you and your ball club the best of luck, and perhaps we'll be talking again next week after semifinal Friday. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, that's Penn Kurtz, head coach of the Wheeling Central Maroon Knights girls basketball team. We will step aside and take a break. We come back, we'll introduce you to this week's standout athlete of the week. We'll talk with Jordan Mounts. We'll talk with Chris Kidd. as uh, a couple of games in the Coalfields of uh, interest in sectional championship play. All as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. The curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on real-life experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online photo, radio, or video. Hands-on experience comes through Marshall's student-powered media, The Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Herd TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. However you're watching or listening, go to our website, basketballnight.com. You can find many ways that you can connect with us. Of course, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You go to our website, click on the affiliates page, you can find the station nearest you. You can also watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com. Just click to watch. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-18 on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone with you. Happy to have you along with us as always. And we'll get to Jordan Mounts and Chris Kidd in a moment. Before we do that, we want to thank Jordan and his family as we have a new addition to the set. 
Uh, if you're able to watch our video stream, sitting right in front of Joe is a Tug Valley jersey. So uh, another welcome addition to the set. Yes. <laughs> the it, price is right. He's doing his man of white over there. <laughs> it's prominently displayed right next to the pawpaw jersey, which sets front and center. <laughs> and there is a Bluefield jersey in front of Coach Marone as well. Yep. And uh, that'll have a significance here shortly, here a little later in the program. Yes, and we certainly uh, thank everyone uh, for all the jerseys that are throughout the set that, that make that possible. You know, ironically, Coach, there's no Tulsa jersey and there's no Wayne jersey. True. Last time you said that, somebody ripped her shirt off. If you right. remember, we yeah. don't want to go there. No, so. no, no. We had a record number of hits to that uh, <laughs> video stream. But nonetheless, uh, we'll just we'll just roll right along. And uh, right now, we'll, like I said, we'll get to Jordan Mounts and Chris Kidd in just a moment. It's time for our standout athlete of the week. This week, it is Abby Beeman from Frankfurt High School. Uh, Abby is a junior, and she has helped lead the Falcons to the state tournament. They will be the number five seed and take on number four seed Bridgeport in the uh, nightcap on Wednesday in Charleston. That should be a a fantastic game between those two teams. Uh, She averages nearly 30 points per game, but also about 10 assists per game. So she's not only a scorer, but a distributor as well. And this week, Marcus Davila has more with our standout athlete of the week, Abby Beeman, a junior from Frankfurt High School. The saying, work hard or hardly working, deciphers the players who work hard and strive to be great, and the players who say they want to be great, but do nothing to work towards greatness. A player who excels on and off the court consistently is this week's standout athlete of the week. Abby Beeman, a four junior guard, is the all-time leader in school history for the Frankfurt Falcons. Beeman eclipsed the record this season and continues to demonstrate excellence on the court. The junior is averaging nearly a triple-double a game with 28 points, 10 assists, and 6 rebounds. Her head coach, Michael Miller, has had the opportunity to coach Beeman since she was little. Abby is just a tremendous talent. I remember back when I was coaching a middle school team and my youngest daughter, I have four daughters who have all played at Frankfurt, and my youngest plays now. And when I was coaching one of my older daughter's teams, Abby and my daughter would always come and practice with us. And it was just amazing how way back then, you know, you knew that that there was something special there. For Beeman, this season has been a special one. The Falcons are headed to the state tournament on a 10-game win streak. And Coach Miller says Beeman can't get enough basketball day in and day out. It's just amazing work that she puts in before yesterday's game you know against Fairmont Senior she was at the Y playing basketball two hours three hours before we had a game I mean she just she plays basketball constantly the junior guard not only excels on the court but in the classroom as well consistently a member of the AB honor roll at Frankfurt High Beeman sets the bar high for her teammates and represents what it means to be a Falcon kid her grade point average you know speaks for itself it's always been over a 3.5 the famous nba coach larry brown let it be known that he wanted his team to be perfect at all times in an imperfect game beeman's expectations are so high for her and her teammates that anything less than 100 percent is something beeman does not allow her expectations she wants everybody else to be the same way and i don't have a problem with that if you're not going to compete out there and you're going to take it easy and take a playoff here and there, it's unacceptable to her. And 
Coach Miller, Beeman, and the Falcons have earned the fifth seed in the Class AA State Tournament with a record of 18-7. and The Falcons will play Bridgeport the fourth seed on Wednesday with tip-off set for 9 p.m. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Marquez Davila. Thank you very much, Marquez, and we will talk with Abby Beeman a little bit later on in the show. we still got a long way to go uh, in the show, but we've got a lot to get <laughs> in, so let's jump right back to the phone lines. Jordan Mounts, WFGH, at the Tug Valley Van game tonight. And, Jordan, it was all Panthers, as this is a team that is right now on quite the roll. Yeah, you know, uh, Ryan, uh, Tug Valley is on quite a roll right now. It came out a little flat earlier in the, uh, earlier here in the week in our first uh, uh, sectional playoff game, but uh, definitely picked up the pace, stepped it up, and uh, was able to put up a, a pretty big number over a, a very, very talented Van Bulldog team. That, that is a, a good Van team that came in at 15-7. and seven. Tug Valley gets the win tonight, 96-39. to 39. And um, Again, it's the offensive numbers for Tug Valley in, in the recent weeks have just been eye-popping as uh, this is a ball club that, that went through a little bit of a struggle, lost a tough game at Nicholas County, and for whatever reason, that loss seemed to have almost flipped a switch within this basketball team because uh, offensively since then, uh, you know, 74 in a win against Sherman is, is, is good. Still, a tough loss to Westside, who is very good. No shame in that. But 94 against Belfry, uh, you know, two weeks ago. 105 against Tulsa before that. Nearly put 80 on the board against St. Joe. Um, it's a ball club that is, uh, is finding its stride at the right point. Yeah, you know, uh, that Nicholas County game is really the turning point. Uh, the boys from Tug Valley uh, did not feel very good about how that game went uh, for, for multiple reasons. And uh, they've uh, they figured out that, you know, nobody's going to be – they control their own destiny. Nobody's going to – Nobody's going to help them along the way. It's all up to them. Um, and, you know, the scoring, uh, i got to mention a couple things from tonight's game. Number one, a uh, standout performance, Tyler May here this evening had 31 points here on the night, and that takes him to a very, very impressive milestone. Tyler May just scored this evening his 1,600th point, and he has set dead even at 1,600 points for his career at Tug Valley High School. Fantastic career that that young man has had, and now Tug Valley to the – regional co-championship game where it will take on Parkersburg Catholic who will travel to Naugatuck next week and um, I don't know if there's a road to get you from Parkersburg, <laughs> there is, you can go right down Corridor G from Charleston, it's not that bad it's a four lane, but uh, nonetheless still that's a, that's a difficult trip and for Tug Valley obviously getting that home game is very important for the uh, regional co-final yeah, you know, Ryan, last year we had uh, uh, we played Ravenswood at Ravenswood. That's a very, very talented ball team right there, uh, the Ravenswood Red Devils. And, uh, you know, we, Tug Valley did not want to go back to the pit this year to play them uh, on their road to Charleston. So getting that home game, uh, whether it would have been against Ravenswood or Parkersburg Catholic, that home game makes such a big difference, and when you have when you have fifteen hundred fans uh, of Panther Nation there rooting you on, it's a tough place to play. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, Jordan, that uh, Parkersburg Catholic team uh, takes Ravenswood to overtime tonight. I know Ravenswood was pretty heavily favored in that game, so Park Catholic going to be a team probably uh, 
that uh, Tug Valley, uh, you know, uh, obviously going to be concerned about. It. Coach May will have them ready for that one. But do you feel this team's pretty well focused with that senior leadership on getting to Charleston, and they won't be overlooking anybody? You know, uh, Joe, I talked to uh, I talked to the boys after the game. Tyler May, especially Tyler May, Levi Mason, Lane, all of those guys, uh, and every single one of them said the same thing to me. You know, we got to cut the nets down at Tuck Valley here this evening. They did, they aren't satisfied with that. They want a net in Charleston, and uh, these boys are doing everything they can uh, to make that uh, make that come true. Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio, as Tug Valley gets the win tonight over Van, and the Panthers will host Parkersburg Catholic, while Van will travel to Ravenswood next week with state tournament bursts on the line. Jordan, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and Joe, that's a great-looking jersey sitting in front of you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's all about Jordan. We do thank Jordan for that and his family as well. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll get back on track right now. When we come back, we'll have a scoreboard. We'll talk with Chris Kidd, and uh, he had the Chapmanville Logan game. We'll talk with Taryn Malone, who covers Magnolia High School, student journalist there. And he's had a few days off. And uh, we'll also talk with, uh, yeah, at some point, Donna resident referee Bo Anderson. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being part of the Basketball Friday night in West Virginia family. We have so many new people following us on Twitter. Shout out to some people just joining tonight. Jeff Tabiner, Tanner, Brian McCracken, Jonathan Martin, Too Light, and Matthew Monks. Also joining us tonight on Twitter, Joseph Smith, Lauer, Jason Holbert, and a Highlander fan. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Send us all the information on your games, the tournaments, any information you have. Send us anything you want to send us, and we'll try to include it in the show. And we'll also make it part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on our website at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to join us and vote in this week's poll. Poll question is, should the half circle under the basket be implemented in high school basketball? Tell us what you think. Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com. You'll find the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. 11.45 tonight. We'll tell you how all the votes go. Many places to listen and watch Basketball Friday Night. One thing we want you to do, send us all your pictures so we can feature them in our video stream. Send them to us by Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also send them to the RSN Sports Facebook page, and you can email them to us, scores at basketballnight.com. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 
10.30 already, halfway there. There's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, right up in Rick Moreau and Joe Linville. Fastest three hours in radio, fastest three hours on television, fastest three hours on your internet stream, however you're, you're <laughs> accessing the program here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, also on basketballnight.com. We also want to say thank you to our 20 radio affiliates throughout this great state of West Virginia who um, allow us to um, access more than 1.3 million people over the air. Um, we, we, we just can't say thank you enough to all those who, who have uh, trust and faith in us to deliver entertaining live programming to you for three hours a night into your homes or into your cars when you head back from ball games or wherever you may be going on a Friday night uh, throughout, like I said, this great state. I love this state. Cannot say that enough. Through all of its ups and downs, it's home. <laughs> and uh, that's just how it is. But, um, guys, before we go to Chris Kidd, who had the Chapmanville-Logan uh, sectional championship game, and before we go to Tara Malone, who has been following along with the Magnolia Blue Eagles and their girls' basketball program, getting ready to head to Charleston, it's time for another Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Coach Marone, we'll, we'll give you AAA this time around. Looking for scores, look no more. Your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Let's take a look at AAA tonight. Martinsburg, Musselman. Hey, Barnburner, two overtimes. Martinsburg gets the win, 68-65. That's Region 2, Section 1. Also, Washington, 61. Jefferson, 49. That's also in Region 2. So they will run the cross matchups for that in the regionals. Martinsburg will take on Jefferson. Washington will host Musselman. In Region 3 in AAA Capital, falls tonight to GW. GW gets a win tonight, and Woodrow Wilson will be the destination for Capital. Woodrow Wilson, the other side of Region 3, knocks off the Princeton Tigers 79-45. to In Region 4 in AAA Park South, a barn burner, Seth Fallon, a late runner, gives the Patriots a win 52-50 to over their crosstown rival, the Parkersburg Big Reds. And also in Region 4, Section 2, Huntington High, the defending champions, gets a 63-57 win over Hurricane. So that sends Hurricane traveling to Park South, and Parkersburg will visit Highlander Mountain. And that's a look at your AAA scores. In Class AA, Region 1, Section 1, it was Philip Barber defeating Berkeley Springs in Region 1, Section 2. Fairmont Senior, the only undefeated boys basketball team in the state, goes to 22-0 with a 97-54 win over North Marion. So Berkeley Springs will make the two-hour-plus trip to Fairmont for a regional final next week, while North Marion will travel to Phillip Barber. Also tonight, Region 2, Section 1 semifinal at Davis and Elkins College. It was Robert C. Bird defeating Elkins 58-44. In the other semifinal, Bridgeport defeats Liberty Harrison 65-53. So Robert C. Bird and Bridgeport meet tomorrow at Davis and Elkins. The winner will host Nicholas County. The loser will go to Braxton County. The Braxton County Eagles are 20-4 after winning the Region 2 Section 2 Championship with a 66-54 win over the Grizzlies of Nicholas County. Also tonight, mild upset as Winfield wins Class AA Region 4 Section 1. The Generals go on the road to Alumni Gym and defeat Nitro 71-64, just a short trip down 34-35 to to Nitro up 64 that way. But uh, also tonight, Chapmanville defeats Logan 57-40. That was on Minor Mountain in Mingo County tonight, so that means Logan goes to Winfield 
And Nitro will go to Chapmanville for playing games next week. Joe has single A. In class single A, Wheeling Central, the Maroon Knights, uh, defeat Cameron tonight uh, 71-44 in that Region 1, Section 1 uh, sectional championship. Tyler Consolidated uh, picks up a win tonight over St. Mary's 56-51 in Region 2, Section, or I'm sorry, Region 1, Section 2. So it will be the Tyler Consolidated Knights hosting Cameron while St. Mary's goes on the road to Wheeling Central. In Region 2, uh, Section 1, it was Notre Dame, the firing, Fighting Irish over Trinity tonight, 61-58. In Region 2, Section, or I'm sorry, Region 3, Section 2, it was the Golden Knights falling to Greater Beckley Christian, and Greater Beckley Christian, the Crusaders, will host their first ever regional title at their home gym uh, first of the week. In uh, Region 4, Section 1, it was Ravenswood over Parkersburg Catholic and uh, 52-47. And Tug Valley in Region 4, Section 2, 96-39 win over the Bulldogs. Van will go on the road to Ravenswood. Tug Valley will host Parkersburg Catholic. And that's a look at your Marshall Union. That is the uh, look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. 26 minutes is long enough. Chris Kidd, WBOW in nah. Chapmanville. <laughs> Getting the short, uh, you know, the short wait time tonight. He joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Chris, a, another regional champion, or excuse me, sectional championship for Chapmanville. We'll get to host a regional game now. And, you know, anytime Chapmanville and Logan get together, you expect a good game. Logan's been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. And tonight, Chapmanville handled them. You guys know you just like keeping me on time listening longer. That's all it is. Oh, I'm just gonna—we're just happy to have you with us tonight. I know you're making the trip back from uh, from above Red Jacket because Minor Mountain really isn't in anywhere. It's above Mingo County, so literally. And uh, so I know you're making the trip back to Logan tonight. Yeah, I was listening to you guys once I got done there. So I've been with you since about the start of tonight, and it's been a good show so far. I was able to keep up with some of the other scores, but uh, yeah, tonight it, it just it, it, it was never close. Uh, Chapmanville jumped out from the get go. They led wire to wire. They came out in their first three possessions and hit three three pointers. And before Logan could even get set in the game, they were down eleven to nothing. And Logan battled back, got it to fourteen to ten, but it was as close as they got. Uh, Chapmanville was just able to cruise throughout most of the game, and uh, once they built up a sizable lead in the second quarter, there was just really no answer Logan had in this game. And um, again, a big win for Chapmanville. And uh, sometimes you take a rivalry out of county, and things can go a little haywire in a sectional type set, uh, setting. And um, but uh, you know, this seemed to fall right in line with how Chapmanville has been playing throughout the course of the season. Now, looking at the regional, um, you know, perhaps it was thought it would be Winfield, but instead it's Nitro because Winfield gets the win over Nitro tonight. And, and like I said, that's a minor upset. It's not a major upset. Nitro, though, very good. And uh, that's going to be a challenge for Chapmanville uh, next week. Uh, they had a 10-point win at Nitro earlier this year in the only meeting between the two. Um, that's going to be a big game at Chapmanville Regional next Thursday night. Yeah, I think if you're Chapmanville, you, know, you would like to have seen maybe Winfield because they beat Winfield 81-53 to this year, beat 
Nitro by 10 at their place. Uh, but that game happened after that long layoff as well, after a lot of the snow had come through and Chapmanville hadn't played in a couple of weeks. And, you know, if you go back and look at the stats of that game, Chapmanville was 0 for 18 from three-point in that game, which was uncharacteristic of them. Tonight they hit 10 three-pointers. Logan only hit one, and that was a big difference in the ball game too. But, uh, you know, Nitro creates a lot of problems. I mean, they can go out, they can score quick, they can get in transition. Uh, they've got they've got a couple of players that can hurt you across the board. And uh, so I know that Chapmanville is worried about that coming in. And then on the other side, if you're Logan, uh, they beat Winfield on their home floor, on Logan's home floor, that is, beat them 62-53 to 53 earlier this year. And then they did beat Nitro on their floor by two. Uh, without David Early in most of that game. So I, I think if you're Chapman and Logan, you're, you look at this and you know that it's going to be extremely difficult, but I think you also uh, feel pretty good about uh, your matchups coming into next week. Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio in Logan, who covers Chapmanville Regional as the Tigers get the win tonight over the Wildcats in the Region 4 Section 2 Championship game. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Have a safe trip home. and. Um, we may be talking about that Chapmanville Nitro game next week. Definitely will. Uh, thank you, guys. You guys have a good night, too. Okay. Hey, great, appre- greatly appreciate that. And we'll get to Tara Malone in a moment. We'll also get to John Blackmore in just a moment. We'll get to Bo Anderson later. And uh, right now, uh, <laughs> next week. we go back to the phone lines, the head coach of the Bluefield Beavers girls basketball team, Tony Malamachi, uh, who joins us on the program. And, uh, Coach, this time a year ago, your team was um, heading into the postseason, heading into the state tournament, I should say, with a lot of momentum. You carried that to the championship game. Uh, This year, it's been a a little bit of an up-and-down season uh, for a variety of reasons, but your team has been able to overcome those to make a return trip to Charleston. Can't say much more, uh, you know, about the uh, the resiliency of the kids that you have on your in your program and on your team this year. Yeah, our kids, um, they really showed a lot of heart this year. You know, we came into the season, you know, we lost uh, one to graduation, and then we lost one to an injury, and then we lost one to a transfer. We didn't have the team coming back we thought we was going to have, but um, so it has been kind of an up-and-down season. And um, But they really showed a lot of heart. They wanted to get back to Charleston because that's always the goal. And uh, if, if you can get there enough times, hopefully you, you can win one. So that was uh, the goal all, all season long. And they have fought hard and worked hard. And uh, so hopefully we can uh, maybe go uh, get that last win this year. Your ball club was, was struggling early in that game with Westside last night in the AA Region 3 co-final, but really turned up the uh, juicer in the second half, ended up with a 22-point win. What was the difference in the two halves? Well, I, I think I had them in the wrong defense. We, you know, we had looked at them a lot, and they got a lot of three-point shooters. So we, we came out in a three-two. I thought that would uh, be the defense to kind of neutralize them. But then they, my, my assistant coach said, "Why don't we go to our pressure?" So I just tried, and so uh, we went to our two-two-one press, and that seemed to get the momentum changed, and uh, got some easy baskets in transition, and got us going a little bit. So I think that was probably the biggest factor in it. You are the eight seed in the Class AA tournament. You open up with one seed, North Marion, at five thirty Wednesday evening in Charleston, and you know North Marion obviously is uh, a tall task at twenty three and one. The only team that's beaten AAA number one Buchanan Upshur this season. Uh, North Marion avenged their only loss of the season to Kaiser in the regional 
uh, co-final. Um, that's a that's a very good ball club. It's a deep ball club as well. Well, yeah, that really makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> We're just now getting some information on them. I knew they was a very good team. We played them, uh, I think it was two years ago, and they was a real good team then. But uh, yeah, we we know they're a real good team. They they got some good guard play uh, from what I can gather so far. They uh, run a two-two-one press. Uh, I think the number ten. I don't. I don't know her name. Was a heck of a player, and they got do a lot of good dribble drive, driving kick action. It's, it's pretty tough to stop. They got some good athletes. So, yeah, it is going to be a tough challenge. But uh, like I said, you get to this time of year and you get up there, anything can happen. That's right. And uh, Coach Malmachi, we uh, thank you so much for your time tonight. And once again, sincere congratulations to your girls on getting back and again overcoming some adversity to get there and uh, making it to Charleston, no small task, and certainly something that should be celebrated. Uh, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, Tony Malamachi, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers girls basketball team. Let's go right back to the phones to Taryn Malone as he covers Magnolia. Let's set the single-A tournament for you here real quick. Coming up this week, the number one seed St. Joe takes on 8 seed Charleston Catholic. All these games are Thursday. That's at 530 <laughs> The four-seed Parkersburg Catholic takes on five-seed Summers County. That's at 9 o'clock Thursday night. At 1 o'clock Thursday afternoon, number one-seed Willing Central takes on – or excuse me, number two-seed Willing Central takes on number seven-seed Trinity. And the morning game Thursday, the breakfast special, will be number three-seed Tucker County against number six-seed Magnolia. Taryn Malone is a sports journalist and a student journalist at Magnolia High School. Joins us now. And Taryn, the Blue Eagles – making it back to the state tournament and able to do so uh, in a time when, um, like the rest of the state of West Virginia public schools, haven't been going to school in the mornings, but able to still come together and uh, make it back to Charleston. Uh, good evening, guys. Thanks for having me once again. It's been a while. Um, the school issue has been causing a lot of um, issues for the basketball team uh, for getting practice in. Uh, because you're not allowed to do any extracurricular activities once school is closed. But uh, Magnolia going on a great run here, uh, starting off with the sectional tournament. They won against St. Mary's in a nail-biting game, 52-51, and then playing Richie at home, winning over Richie, 58-34. And then regionals the other night took on the Cameron Dragons and eliminated them uh, only by three points. Of 50-47 for the final score, and this is the same Cameron team that defeated Magnolia twice in the regular season, first time being 35-19, the second time being 46-41. Uh, and uh, again, sometimes you get to, this, to these postseason games, and it's hard to beat a good team three times, and for Magnolia, they were on the, the right side of that with that 50-47 to win in the Region 1 co-championship game earlier this week. And, uh, you know, again, for Magnolia, that's a good program. Uh, that's a program that's uh, had some success in Charleston over the years uh, at the AA level and back there in single-A this year uh, against Tucker County now coming up on when, on Thursday morning. And I've, I've got to ask, Taryn, I know you have a, a, a good perspective of this as a student. Um, You've been around the programs and, and around school as the excitement builds in a postseason. 
not having school, has that kind of tempered that excitement any, or is that community still uh, all in behind the Blue Eagles? Oh, the community is still in. Um, no matter what, the community is going to be there for uh, our teams, for our school. Um, it, but it's been a great turnout so far through the students and community, um, even though we haven't had school. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, As we take on. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's all yours, Taryn. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, but this is the first time in 11 years uh, that the Lady Eagles have made it to the state tournament, haven't been successful in the previous years, but now two brand-new coaches to the staff and um, one senior leading it all, and it's just been one heck of a run so far. And I think it's going to be a great matchup Thursday morning. And uh, expect a big crowd uh, Thursday morning as the Magnolia Blue Eagles take on the number three seed, Tucker County. That should be a lot of fun. And, uh, again, state tournaments are, uh, are, are certainly special times. It's a special time of year. It's a special event as well. So, Taryn, thank you so much for calling in, hanging in with us tonight, and um, hopefully you can make it down to Charleston Thursday and uh, enjoy that ball game. Oh, yeah, we'll be down there Thursday. <laughs> All right, that's terrible. Yeah, there you go. That's Taryn Malone, student journalist from Magnolia High School as the Blue Eagles in the state tournament. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll have to talk with our standout athlete of the week, Abby Beeman. We'll also talk with Kevin Gertz, head coach of the Logan Wildcats girls basketball team, and John Blackmore, WKKX in Wheeling. We'll talk about all that and much more in Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Congratulations goes out tonight to Abby Beeman from the Frankfurt Falcons. Abby joins a growing list of standout athletes of the week selected this year by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. If you have someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Congratulations to Abby Beatman from the Frankfurt Falcons. Go to our website. You can find the standout athlete of the week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate everybody online viewing us, listening to us, and listening on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Or you might be watching on Southern Links Network West Virginia or RSN Sports Facebook Live. Lots of places you can find Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And thanks to all the new people that joined us just tonight on Twitter, including Jeff Tabner, Tanner, Brian McCracken, Jonathan Martin, Tudelight, Matthew Modis, Joseph Smith, Lauer, Jason Hulbert, Highlander fan. And this week, many others, including Lakin, Jacob Dempsey, Jason Jones, Dana's Tuxedo, Ariel, Kenya Smith, Jasmine Asbury. They're all part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Coming up on 1051 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Let's go right back to the phones. As again, we've got a jam-packed show. Let's bring on our standout athlete of the week. She is a junior at Frankfurt High School. She has the Lady Falcons as the number five seed in the Class AA State Tournament, where they will take on number four seed Bridgeport Wednesday night at 930. She's the all-time leading scorer at Frankfurt High School. We welcome back to the program Abby Beeman of Frankfurt High School. Abby, once again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you. Your ball club is back to Charleston now, and uh, for your for your uh, for your team, it's an opportunity to uh, to play on the biggest stage in West Virginia girls high school basketball. Uh, just tell me about uh, you know how you, your team felt in, in beating Fairmont Senior in the regional, and now uh, looking ahead to uh, what should be one of the most exciting weeks anyone uh, who's played high school basketball could ever dream of. Yeah, for sure. Um, we need going into the game. Obviously, Fairmont Sanders are a really good team, and just to make it out of our region is a great accomplishment. So we're all really ready and excited for that game. And now that we finally got our seed to play Bridgeport, I think we can get on there and make some noise as well. And Fairmont Senior has been a, a ball club that's just been a mainstay in the state tournament and uh, won the state championship uh, a year ago, and and you took them out on their home floor. Uh, or excuse me, actually, it was, it was at your home floor. I apologize. But uh, still, uh, when, when you take on a program of that pedigree and a program that has that uh, history behind it, uh, that can sometimes be overwhelming. But for your ball club, uh, I'm sure that, that that was just a a fantastic night last night for your program in general. Yeah, it was a really great night for us. We played them earlier in the season, and we didn't. It was honestly one of our worst games. So going in, we kind of had that to motivate us, and then the fact that they're a really good team and they're at the state tournament every year, we knew going in that we could hang with them and beat them there. So we weren't going to be intimidated by their presence of always being in the state tournament and stuff. But they're a very good ball club. Abby, this is Joe Linville. Uh, I understand you like to get down to the YC, YMCA after practice and, and get into pickup games with, you know, maybe some of the guys in the community as well. Yeah, I think playing with the guys helps me the most because the game's up-tempo, everyone's faster, everyone's stronger, moving quicker. So I think that actually really elevates my game. Who wins most of the horse games between you and your dad? Oh... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should comment on that one. The mic he is yours. So we'll just put it that way. He gets lucky sometimes. But uh, it's about even though. Hey, there, there you go. And uh, you know what I like about that is that eventually, Abby, and you can say this now, you'll get to the point where you let your dad win because you kind of feel bad for him. But uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, that's right. yeah, there you go. Exactly. But uh, that competitiveness, too, within the family, I, I guess that's also a way that you carry it out onto the court with you as well. Yeah, I'm very competitive. Everything I do, I want to win. I don't care if it's a board game with the family or if it is a regional championship game. I want to win everything I do. Hey, Abby, uh, Coach Marone here. And as as you look at your game all around, uh, you know, it looks like uh, you take a lot of pride not just in scoring the ball, but you average about 10 assists a game, six rebounds a game. So 
I guess what advice would you give to other players that uh, would uh, maybe encourage them, uh, regardless of your size or your skill set, that if you work hard and, and you try and be a great teammate, it looks like you really do a lot of different things for the Falcons. Yeah, just whatever helps your team, like do that. If I don't need to score one night and just need to always pass it, get my teammates open looks, then I'll do that. Whatever it takes to win. I mean, if you need to go up there, and even if you are short and just tip it out to get the rebounds, then do that. Just always do whatever works. Abby Beeman, our standout athlete of the week from Frankfurt High School. Once again, congratulations on that honor, and uh, certainly looking forward to getting to watch you play in Charleston next week. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. All right. Again, Abby Beeman, Frankfurt High School, our standout athlete of the week. And let's talk about this for a second, guys. And we'll, we'll get Coach Gertz first thing after the break. We'll get uh, John Blackmore uh, right at the top of the hour as well. We'll get, let's say, we'll get Bo later. But, um, <laughs> uh, Coach Marone, you, you hear Abby Beeman talk about the competitiveness that she has. And a lot of times, this drive for players literally starts at home. Yeah, I think it definitely starts at home. And I think when they bring that to the court, I think your coach was right on there and some of the comments about having another coach on the floor, that gets thrown around a lot. But I can tell you from a coaching standpoint, it is a true blessing. And they always say when your best player is your hardest worker and has the best attitude, your job's a lot easier and your IQ goes way up as a coach. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Abby definitely uh, has all those characteristics. When you look at her stature, she's listed at 5'4". That's what blew my mind really? with uh, almost seven rebounds a game. So she's obviously getting into the briar patch, Joe, as they say, and getting a hold of the basketball and, uh, and doing a lot of things to help her team. But uh, just a great kid. She's a 3.6 student. Uh, just a well-rounded young lady. Sounds like she's always in the gym. You know, we talked about you know going over to the Y after after practice, but she's also a member of the track and the cross country team. So obviously, you know that extra runner helped keep her fit for basketball, and you know hustle well, into that paint. The competitive thing Ryan mentioned. I just want to make a quick point. She welcomes the challenge. She said it's a right. faster game. It's a more physical game playing against the guys and against the grown men. Right. Uh, and I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think a lot of times. People shy away from that. And I'm sure there's times that she gets her shot blocked. There's things that don't go her way. But that's what a champion's all about is she wants the challenge, and that's what great players do. Have you been to Short Gap before? Uh, she would have had no trouble taking it by me at the YMCA. <laughs> I was going to say, cross-country at that area? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's you're talking about one of the more mountainous areas of West Virginia. Exactly. That's uh, no small task. By the way, Frankfurt's a dangerous team. They only lost by four to North Marion earlier this year. That might be a second-round matchup. Mm -hmm. And familiar with them. That's key. Right. And, again, don't count Bridgeport out either. It's going to be a fantastic tournament. We'll have much more. Hour three coming up after the break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks to all the great radio stations and television stations carrying us tonight. Of course, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio 92.5 FM. 
WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, 7.40 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 9.50 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 12.90 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ LP, Edmund, Beckley. Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAP LP in Clay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find us on Suddenlink's Network West Virginia Statewide. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Hour three of the program with you until midnight. Ryan Epling alongside uh, the coach Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as we head into March Madness. Officially. It's a maddening <laughs> time of year. We, we love this time of year. But we love the entire time of year, honestly. We, it's, not like we, uh, it's not like we just kind of push away the rest of the season. We enjoy the regular season as well. And the road to get there is often the uh, – uh, uh, the the story is is often written on the road there as much as it is the destination of your journey. Kevin Gertz is the head coach of the Logan w- girls basketball team. He joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach Gertz, your ball club defeats Winfield last night in a fantastic overtime game at the Logan Fieldhouse at Willie Acres Arena to return to Charleston. And um, first off, congratulations on getting back to the girls state tournament. That yeah, it was a great win uh, against a great opponent that uh, has a lot of extremely young athletes. I think uh, eight of their top nine are sophomores, so that'll be a group that we're going to have to battle for years to come to to try to get back. But uh, hadn't been to the state tournament in five years, and we are all very glad and uh, very impressive to be back. This will be your first trip to the double-A version, if I'm not mistaken. You were triple-A last time uh, you were in the Girls' State Tournament. I'm, I'm correcting that, right? Yes. Uh, this is our first ever double-A. Yeah, we were, I think we've been three other times, and we were triple-A all three times. 
in that game against Winfield, you came out and hit five three-pointers in the first quarter. Now, I've got to admit, I've, I've watched your team play. The game I saw um, was your game at Wayne earlier this year, and they didn't shoot the ball well. Um, you're, you're, uh, no, we were, we were one for 19 from the arc that night. Yeah, and, and that one was late. Holly's got 25. Let's go to her a little more. <laughs> yeah, she, she had a great game that night. Uh, Holly Toller inside, but um, – Obviously, you've got a nice mixture, though. You've got some. You've got kids who can shoot and a good post presence and rebounding presence. And Holly Toller, that mix makes you dangerous on any given night. Well, you know, usually we shoot the ball real well. We average six, seven threes a night. We've had up to thirteen or fourteen, and and we've been as low as one. I like it better when we when we make a little more than one, but. Uh, Holly has had a super year. She's averaging about 18 points, uh, close to 12 rebounds. And and even tonight at Wayne, she had 25 and 12 or 25 and 13, something like that. And I was upset with her in the first half. I said, honey, you're just not wanting the ball. And, you know, when she decided, hey, I'm going to take over, she did. And and we play when she has when she plays well, we're pretty good, and she plays well most nights. Coach, just Joe Linville, you know you you know your opponent for the tournament next week in Charleston, and it's a team that you're very familiar with. Um, how do you get your girls' mindset to just get the confidence up that that you can you can beat this team? I mean, it. First of all, we were talking earlier, and I was talking to Coach Hatfield the other night. It's hard to beat the same team three times in one season. So, uh, you know, you got your work cut out for you, but, uh, you know, you got to get ready for that tournament in Charleston. Well, you know, that is an old saying. It's tough to beat somebody three times. But, uh, you know, at this time of the year, when you get to Charleston, special things happen. Uh, the last time we went, we finished state runner-up. Going into the sectional tournament, we were nowhere near a top four or five ball club. But we got hot played well, gained a lot of confidence, and uh, and made it through. Uh, you know, we're hoping to catch uh, Magic in a Bottle again. Wayne, they're not seated as high as I voted them, I can tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, they are as good a team as I've seen. And, I, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen everybody in the state tournament this year, but I see a lot. I scout a lot. Uh, I think our conference is second to none. I think uh, the very last ranking that came out in AA6, the top 11 teams in the state were in the Cardinal Conference, and Wayne was dominant in that. And if you can dominate five of the top 11 teams, I think you're pretty good. And uh, Arrow Adkins is as good a player as I've seen all year. Coach, uh, some of your players actually got to play and uh, the Charleston Civic Center last year at, at the uh, little general big shootout, and, of course, that was moved this year. And How do you get your mindset? I mean, a lot of people just look at the thrill of playing at the Charleston Civic Center, much less uh, in the West Virginia Class AA championship. Well, that's true. We've played uh, – you know, Mark Hatcher and Gary Green uh, started this a long, long time ago. And uh, 
and it, it's something that he talked to me about, you know, do you want to start getting in this? And uh, I said, yeah. I said, you know, you don't. This is not something that you used to, you know, you get to do in a regular season. Now, back 30-some years ago when I played, we played some regular season games in there. You know, we would play the Stone Walls. We would uh, – I know we've played uh, St. Albans in the past, not when I played, but, you know, we've been in a Civic Center. We, you know, we were kind of used to it when we got to State Tournament. I went to State Tournament three years as a player. And, uh, you know, when we got in that, and there was a, there was a uh, double booking, I think, this year, and, and they had to move the basketball, which we went to West Virginia State and played. And I'm a West Virginia State graduate and haven't been back in a decade or so and never saw the new gymnasium and I was very, very, very impressed with that. But, uh, you know, we, we, we get in this to play in the Civic Center so if our kids get to play in a state tournament it's not the first time they've ever stepped on that floor and I think except for uh, a couple freshmen that'll, that'll play Wednesday, I think everybody has played on that floor either this past year or a year before. So, uh, and now it won't be brand new, but, uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll still have a, it'll be new for them to be a, in a state tournament. Coach, your ball club has played three postseason games. Two of them were elimination games because, again, the regional, uh, the sectional championship game, the loser does still advance to a regional game. Both the games that were win-or-go-home games Went to overtime. Your win against Mingo Central was in overtime in the sectional semifinal. Your win against Winfield in the regional co-final in overtime. Your girls have been through as much stress as they could possibly <laughs> have been under. You as well in the postseason, and yet here you are standing. Uh, that has to give you a little bit of confidence, too, that you, you know they're, they're not going to be faced with anything from that standpoint they haven't seen. Well, in, uh, in, in both games, we led and lost leads to take it to overtime. And, uh, you know, it shows a lot of character out of, out of my kids to come back. And, you know, we don't win by two or three in these overtime. We win by five. We win by nine. And, uh, you know, really stretch things out. Uh, I'm very proud of our kids. The, uh, the game that didn't go to overtime you know, we're playing Lincoln County, and again, you're talking about having to beat a team three times in a year. We were in that situation, and, uh, you know, our thing against Lincoln County was keeping out of the paint. They're not great shooters. That was our thought. And in the first minute and a half, they hit three threes, and we're down 14-2 to two, three minutes into the game. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. So, you know, I call timeout. And as Rick can probably tell you, I'm I'm a little feisty. <laughs> my kids. I'm, I'm, I'm probably uh, not G-rated sometimes, and uh, and yeah, that, that's that's just me. And uh, you know, I sit down and and I look up in their eyes, and I'm getting ready to just explode because I don't think we're giving great effort. And all five of my kids are saying, "Hey, we need to fix this. We need to do this. We need to do that." talking to each other about what they've been coached to do. I looked at my assistant, Mike Toth, and I said, we're not losing this game. Didn't, didn't change a thing except for defense. We went from man or from zone to man, which we don't play a whole lot 
but we shut them down. Like I said, we were down 14-2 to two and allowed 16 points the next 28 minutes. And in the second half, in the first 15 minutes of the second half, we allowed two points. We had two turnovers in the final minute to give up two layups. And, uh, you know, we can defend when we won. Kevin Gertz, head coach of the Logan Wildcats, the number six seed in the girls' state tournament. They take on number three seed Wayne in the tournament opener Wednesday morning at 9.30. Coach Gertz, always a lot of respect for not only your girls' basketball program, but the baseball program at Logan as well, one that I grew up, uh, you know, not to make it on me. I grew up at Wayne. We played Logan baseball always through, and those were always some of our uh, best games, I felt. All my life. All my life we played late. And always, Dad, Dad and George Brumfield were heads, long-time head coaches, long-time friends. Tracy and I went to college together, long-time friends. Now he's a Cabell Midland. Got a lot of respect for that program in every in every sport. And, uh, and we've battled since – I've battled with them since 1984 when I was a sophomore. And I think we both, if I'm not mistaken, we both won state titles that year, one in AAA, one in AA in baseball. And, uh, you know, I, lo- I love Wade. We're I'm close to him. We talk quite often, exchange films quite often. And he's got a he's got a super, super, super team this year that has uh, got a great chance to win a state title. They've won 23, 24 in a row. It's going to be a tall task to beat them, but that's what we're going out to try to do. Absolutely. And Coach Gertz, again, congratulations on making And thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight. Now I'm going to sleep. (laughs) Are you having pancakes in the morning? Yes, I am. I had had practice scheduled at at 9.30. And Justin Turner says, hey, I'm buying pancakes at the Kiwanis dinner for you. And plus, you're, you've got to be on the radio at 930 in the morning. Right. So I just messaged all my kids, said, girls, we'll start at 10. I've got to eat. Well, well now you need to sleep. And we'll let you get to we'll that, see Coach. You in the morning, thanks Coach. so much. <laughs> Good night. All right, buddy. See you guys. Thank you. All right. And uh, Coach Gertz, uh, again, the class act, someone I've uh, – I've known of. I don't. I won't say I've known him, but known of him and been around him quite a bit over the years. And just somebody I respect a lot for how they operate things. And uh, going back to the phones, Wheeling Central's boys get a big win tonight over Cameron, as the Maroon Knights now twenty-two and two. John Blackmore has been so kind to hang in with us this evening, and he joins us now on the program. John, first off, thanks for playing Iron Man for us tonight. <laughs> and uh, second, uh, nice win for the Maroon Knights as they continue on what has been a phenomenal season. I'm just glad to be on the radio and not talking about a teacher strike. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah, boys and girls. Uh, you know, girls punch a ticket, head down to Charleston, play uh, um, Thursday, and uh, the boys trying to do the same thing. Cameron, really tough team, and we've said all along, and no disrespect to anybody like Tyler or St. Uh, St. Mary's, but we've thought for the past few weeks that it was going to be these two playing tonight, and then uh, the winners and loser going on and playing next week and having a pretty good shot of both of them, uh, hopefully getting down uh, to the state tournament. You know, we've got Wheeling Park girls and Wheeling Central girls this week, and i uh, like to see Cameron and uh, Maybe sneak a John Marshall or Wheeling Park in as well for us. 
Uh, it's been look. fun. It was it was a great game tonight. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and beyond the game tonight, like you mentioned, that entire Ohio Valley area uh, up within the Northern Panhandle having excellent success in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, really, um, you know, like I mentioned, the two girls, uh, Wheeling Park and Wheeling Central, uh, getting down there, and uh, now the boys just kind of rolling, and uh, you know, it, boy. It, it, it seemed like you know they played Valley the other night, and the way Valley played against Wheeling Central, I watched the game before we called that one on the radio. Uh, Madonna and uh, Cameron, as well as Valley, played against Wheeling Central on that night. They may have beaten one of those two teams. Uh, they were really uh, firing on all cylinders, and the other two were kind of sputtering. It might have been one of those nights where they may have caught them. So um, you know maybe they lose nine out of ten, but that may have been the tenth night. Uh, Valley was again playing really well. Uh, but to get Wheeling Central down there uh, next week and um, you know get get St. Mary's coming up, feel pretty good about playing St. Mary's, and really feel pretty good about Cameron. I mean, they're for a Cameron team. You know, remember, they did have Logan Route, and they had a couple kids that were you know six five and seven foot. But this group has has got a lot of size too. Travis Mickey uh, is six foot three, six foot four. Robert Milliken didn't play tonight. He's their six foot five inside guy. Colby Brown you know, played quarterback for him and. And he's a six-three kid, and you know they got a lot of size and a lot of athletic ability. It's just kind of a little bit outmatched with Wheeling Central tonight, and the pressure kind of got to them. But uh, with the right matchup, uh, again, they may be in Charleston as well. So Cameron goes to Tower Consolidated. St. Mary's will travel to Wheeling Central next week in the regional finals, and it's such a fun time of year. I mean, sometimes uh, it, it's a it, you know some of these seasons come to a disappointing close, but at the same time, you look forward each and every time out to the gym throughout the course of the winter. And now this this time of year, the intensity ratchets up a little bit, and it's it's just so much fun. Yeah. It is, and Brent Price and Owen Gaynor are playing at such a high level. I mean, we've seen uh, a backdoor alley oop uh, dunk coming out of the half. We've seen Brent Price with his electric dunks. He's in this national dunk competition where they're voting online and he's moved on to the next round and uh, looks to, pretty good to move on to the other round but he puts on a show every night I mean, we don't, you know west virginia single a basketball you don't get to see a lot of guys that play above the rim and he's so exciting to watch and i'm sure you guys have seen him on twitter he's uh, an amazing player Owen gainer uh has got an offer from william jesuit and just shoots the lights out like you don't realize that he has 26 25 points a night it's so quiet and so effective and plays such good defense. It's a real pleasure to get to see those two, um, you know, each week, a couple times a week, play basketball together. John Blackmore, WKKX in Wheeling. Thanks so much for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, thanks. Love the show. Have a great night, guys. Hey, greatly appreciate that. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Brian Helton, head coach of the Greater Beckley Christian Crusaders. What a game they had tonight in a win in their sectional championship game against Mount View. We'll talk about that. We'll talk with Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. There's one. And we'll have Bo Anderson, our resident referee, on a little bit later as well. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia across the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. How about a chance to graduate from college not only with a diploma, but also prepare to thrive in an exciting, growing field? 
The Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might just be for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage make sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earn this degree. Your passion, curiosity, and charisma, coupled with Marshall University sports journalism training, will equip you for success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and the desire to be the eyes, ears, and life of the game to our Huntington campus to learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We'll teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget our poll question tonight. Should the half circle under the basketball, under the basket, be implemented in high school basketball? Tell us what you think. Vote yes or no. The poll is on basketballnight.com's homepage over on the right-hand side. Shout out to Tanner and Jeff Tapner, our newest followers on Twitter. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone with you. Having some fun in the break as we prepare you for the poll question a little bit later on tonight. Um, again, you still have time to vote in our poll question on basketballnight.com from this past week. Should the half circle under the basket be implemented in high school basketball? Yes or no? Again, go to basketballnight.com to vote on that. You have about uh, 10, 20 minutes or so until uh, that poll closes. But uh, we'll go to Craig Dutton of WRRR in St. Mary's in a moment. Bo Anderson, a resident referee, will we'll join him as well. But first, we want to go to Brian Helton, head coach of the Greater Beckley Christian Crusaders. The boys come up with uh, an impressive win tonight over Mount View. Coach Helton, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the information that we had said you trailed 45-30 at halftime and won the game by a final of 56-49. That would be holding Mount View to four points in the second half? No, no, yeah, yeah, that would have been nice, but no, we actually <laughs> held them to sixteen in the second half. It was, uh, it was forty-five to thirty with four minutes left to go in the third. So over the last twelve minutes, uh, we we held them to four points, which is, which is obviously uh, we'll take for sure. Any any game, anytime, anywhere. So, well, and that's that's maybe even more impressive in that you were down fifteen with just a quarter and a half to go. And come back and get that win, and that means so much because it means a home game for you in the uh, in the regional round. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's really big for us. You know, we uh, 
we, we had a pretty good record in our region this year. Uh, we, we did drop a game at Mount View earlier in the year, which basically put us the number two seed in our section. And that was a very tough place to play tonight. It was a, it was a packed house, very loud environment. And as you can imagine, they, they had a lot to cheer about for the, for the, uh, biggest part of the game. And, you know, our kids are very tenured, got a very seasoned group and, they really pulled together and got down in their stance, played great defense uh, the rest of the game, never panicked. And, you know, I think the, the real important thing was we just took such good possessions uh, after after we got down and came out of the timeout. So I was just, just proud of how we executed with our half-court offense. And then, of course, uh, you know, enough said about, about the defense. Guys really just decided they wanted to get stops, and that's what they did. And we're obviously really happy to go back home for our regional. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, and again, I'm working on secondhand info here. This will be your, the first regional game within the confines of Greater Beckley Christian High School, the home gymnasium. Yeah, absolutely. We've had to play those in the past years at the uh, at the Raleigh County Convention Center. A lot of people call it the Armory in Beckley, and that's mainly been because uh, of our seating at the gym this past year we were fortunate enough to have a complete renovation of our gym and uh, added 550 seats uh, which which puts us over the mark for being able to host regional games so we're real excited it's a great environment to play in kids love it and it's real loud you know when Pocahontas County comes in I think their their fans will, will, will love the gym and I think it'll just be a great night for high school basketball here in Prosperity. West Virginia. Yeah, it's such a beautiful area down there as well. And as you mentioned, such a fantastic uh, atmosphere for basketball. It's a basketball-rich area just in general. And, and you mentioned Pocahontas County. This will not be the first time that you have seen the Warriors as you beat them back on January 15th by 18 in a game that was played in the MLK Classic uh, that was at Webster County, I do believe. So uh, this will be, you know, an opponent you are familiar with, but an opponent that, you know, was was perhaps upset in that sectional final game against uh, Webster County, a team that I believe, you know, would have been favored to have won that game. So uh, you're, you're instead getting uh, Pocahontas County coming off of a loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, very highly of both of those teams. We played both of them. As you mentioned, we played Pocahontas in the regular season and also Webster in the regular season. <laughs> you know, and the thing with Pocahontas County is uh, they're a very good defensive team. Uh, we, we just really had a great offensive uh, night, you know, to score 88. It kind of sounds, sounds strange to say that, but they are really a very good defensive team. But I think the dangerous thing about them is on the offensive end, um, you know, in their in their first section around with Charleston Catholic, they hit ten threes and so put up eighty four points. So we know they're very very capable. They're a real dangerous team, um, and you know it's gonna it's gonna be one that's gonna be a real challenge for us. So I think I think when you're playing a quality team like that, it's all the more important that you have that home court advantage, which we earned tonight. And coach, I know it's been a fantastic night for you. Uh, able to go down to Welch, pick up the win over Mount View. And uh, now we'll get to play at home and, and how exciting that is in the regional round against Pocahontas County. Coach Brian Helton of Greater Beckley Christian, once again, congratulations on that win tonight. And we wish you and your ball club the best next week. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on tonight. All right. And again, 
Brian Helton, thanks so much for joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Go right back to the phones. It's not Bo Anderson's time yet. No, Bo, <laughs> you're still on hold. Um, instead, you got bumped again. Yep. <laughs> we'll get to Bo later. But first, Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's, third reference for the three R's. There we go. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You had Tyler Consolidated in St. Mary's tonight in that boys' sectional final. And uh, it's a happy night in Middleburn. It is very nice, a very good evening for Middleburn. First time in 11 years they've claimed their sectional title. Uh, I'm actually faking this one a little bit. I actually didn't have the call of this game tonight, but I'm doing the best I can to give you the information I could. I was actually in Hannibal, Ohio tonight, covering a very good River Pilot team. They're advancing to their district finals. We're still covering them, but we're going to cover Tyler Consolidated this Wednesday night on 92.3 WXCR. We'll have coverage of the Cameron and Tyler Consolidated game. Um, and St. Mary's, this has now been, I think it's been three or four straight years now, they've made it to a sectional final game if not won it. They're going to get to go on the road uh, for so many straight years now in boys play and play at, at Wheeling Central this next Wednesday night. I, I tend to agree with uh, uh, John Blackmore. You had him on there earlier from Wheeling. Uh, I really feel it does favor more towards Section 1. Cameron is the team that you really don't want to mess with, especially the way they played Tyler Consolidated on that second matchup, a game they clearly you know took care of the Knights by a 20-point margin. But of any of the matchups I would have rather seen, I would have rather seen this, where it's set up right now to have Tyler consolidated at home in front of their crowd, which was a very packed crowd tonight. I heard I was able to talk to um, Greg Goodfellow uh, from WRSG. He said it was packed tonight out what they call the castle of Tyler consolidated. Very good crowd, very good atmosphere. And throughout the night, we were getting score updates. Tyler consolidated just stayed ahead of St. Mary's throughout the evening. Uh, St. Mary's is a ball club that has gotten better as the season went on. They're going to be some team to watch for down the road. It's just they're trying to figure out what group of guys they're able to come out with. Ohio's just a very deep team with eight seniors on their squad. Uh, this is the make or break year for them if they want to make it to Charleston. I feel that they have the opportunity to do so um, with Cameron coming in. But just like John Blackmore said, it's a lot of height. I know Tyler's gotten better too. They were able to play a close one with Ravenswood earlier this season. They were within six points of three minutes to go in that one and they still managed to fall on that one, but I still feel Tyler Consolidated at home is a lot better than having them to go to Wheeling Central. <laughs> I, 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 yes, um, I, would, I would say uh, that would be the preferable one. But, uh, you know, you look at this, too, and you, you, you've mentioned this, and I don't want to belabor the point, but Tyler Consolidated won at Cameron earlier this year in a close game. Yes. Cameron yeah. blew out Tyler Consolidated in Middleburn earlier this year. Uh, a couple of weeks yep. ago in the Boggs Round Ball Classic. Uh, you, you talked about the matchup problems Cameron can create with its height, so did John Blackmore. Um, at the same yeah. time, I mean, Tyler has to feel like it it knows it can beat Cameron, and and you're yeah. looking at a team that's played pretty well now for about two weeks since that, that loss. I think what they're going to have to hope for is what they did on Tuesday night, I did call that game between Ritchie County and Tyler Consolidated. Uh, they just managed to play full-court pressure on them all evening. It, Ritchie did manage to come back within two points at one point, but when things got down to the wire, Silver Knights were able to finish out the ball game. If they can slow it down just enough, 
and force Cameron to put up some wild shots or not get the ball inside, that's probably going to have to be the key. You're going to have to put more pressure on your on their guard to make mistakes. And I feel Griffin Phillips for the Silver Knights can do that if everyone else gets involved. Their Silver Knights team has done a very good job this year. Their post play has gotten better with Stephen Ross and Tyler West underneath the basket. I just feel that a lot of it's going to have to be played on the guard, and they're going to have to put a lot more pressure on Cameron to force them to make put up some rough shots and not get the ball inside. I think the Silver Knights can manage to do that. It's just playing in front of their own crowd. I think it will make a bigger difference. And you know, St. Mary's it's a, it's a tough deal for them. Honestly, St. Mary's got to go up to Wheeling Central. I, I imagine it will be a closer ball game than what some will expect, but I still feel Wheeling Central is at least a 20 or so point favorite at home with that being, being home for the regional. It should be a lot of fun, though, again next week. And, uh, again, I, I expect Middleburn to be rocking when Cameron comes in there for that ball game against Tyler Consolidated. Tyler Consolidated gets the win over St. Mary's tonight. St. Mary's at Wheeling yeah. Central next week. Cameron at Tyler Consolidated. Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's, Light Rock 93R. Thanks so much for joining us. No, always glad to be able to join you guys. Hope to give you a good report following um, their regional final next Wednesday versus Cameron. Maybe a Tyler win. Not a, a Cameron win or so Tyler or Cameron, one or the other. Hopefully for uh, any one of those teams from Region 1 to make a make some noise down in Charleston later on. <laughs> there you go. That's, again, that's Craig Dutton of URR in St. Mary's. As, uh, those Region 1 teams do look to do, uh, uh, do look for success uh, as they get ready to head toward Charleston. We've got to step aside take a break. We'll come back with another check of our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard and our resident referee, Bo Anderson, ready to go when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. You can visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and of course, the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. We want to thank everyone all season long that has called, sent us texts, tweets, and emails. We really appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover everything high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And joining us just a few moments ago, shout out to Kristen, our newest Twitter follower. Also, uh, Matthew Modis, Two Light, Jonathan Martin, Brian McCracken, Tanner, Jeff Tanver, Joseph Smith, Lauer, Jason Holbert, Highlander fan, Corey Ward, 
and Allison Peters. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Join us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.34 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along as we roll through. Well, guys, we've only got two more weeks of this really? show. Hey, we'll be at the Civic Center next week. Hey, that's right. Uh, Joe will be there through the uh, duration of uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. I'll be there a couple of times at least, I hope, uh, <laughs> maybe more than, more than once or twice. We'll see. Um, you know, Wednesday morning, I'm going to be watching. Just let me enjoy that. But after that, you know, come by and say hi. Uh, Just you, don't you speak during, during, you know, during the Wayne Logan game, right? I mean, you know, look. I think anybody who follows this show knows that I am a proud Wayne grad, yes, but uh, I certainly don't disrespect anybody else uh, right. out there. So it's not like I'm going to be up there like trying to harass Coach Gertz or, <laughs> or anything like that. Or Leave that to me. Uh, I'll take care of that. <laughs> there you go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, but no, so, you know, I, I'm a fan too in that, in that one aspect. Um, so I'm just going to enjoy that Wednesday morning. That's something I've looked forward to for roughly 18 or so years now. Uh, one of my, my good buddy Sean Ross uh, and I have gone to at least one session of the Boys or Girls State Tournament for almost all of the last 18 years. And, um, you know, we always said, you know, one day we'll get to watch Wayne play here. <laughs> and Didn't know when, and now we know. It will be Wednesday morning at 930. You get to see Mom and Mater on the big floor in Charleston and, Really looking forward to that. Really proud of uh, of, the, of the kids and the, the program as a whole. The community is very proud. It was all, it was almost standing room only. I think Wade might not have looked around all that close, <laughs> but I mean, I, I was there with a few friends who ended up like two sections over. Like it was, we, we it was it was a good time though, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, it is certainly you know, different. And, and you know, I saw highlights from the uh, from that Winfield Logan game too, and uh, Logan Fieldhouse. Uh, Coach Gertz has done a good job of, of, yeah. of helping to build interest within that girls' basketball program. They have a nice little fan base for them as well now. And Logan, obviously, a basketball oh, crazy town, absolutely. But uh, you know, it was, it was the, the history there is with the boys' program, right? And uh, you know, you go back to Shana Gore and her time at Logan, and since then, and Coach Gertz has stayed. Uh, through the course here, and uh, you know they've picked up support there as well, and that's that's obviously awesome not only for the community but for the kids who are playing as well. It gives them a, a chance to be in those atmospheres and not taking anything away from the uh, the girls' game, but there was a big boys' game down there at uh, Chapmanville on Wednesday night was uh, Logan and Mingo Central, and that one game went right down the wires. You know, you had two basically top ten teams fighting for a you know a semifinal game and a sectional. Uh, and it's hard to believe. I mean, Mingo Central's boys are done. Yeah. I mean, that was a team that a lot of people thought might be able to challenge for a state championship. And quite frankly, if it could have got out of its section, maybe it could have. Yes, they did have the uh, very the bad performance at right. Fairmont, who is un- 
questionably number one right now. Right. And, but in terms of uh, making a run once you get there, yeah. And then once you're there, who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Anything can happen on any given day. That's right. And right now, let's get a final look at our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Much like we began the night, I'll lead off with AAA. We'll give Joe AA, and we'll give Coach Marone single A to finish it out here. All scores are final. These were all regional, or excuse me, sectional games tonight. One of them was, or two of them were semifinal games. The rest of them were, were sectional championships. So we'll we'll walk get through these as we go. Class AAA boys, Region One, Section One. Willing Park defeats John Marshall in overtime, forty-two thirty-eight. Alex Vargo scores all four overtime points from the free throw line as the Patriots get the win. University goes to twenty-three and one and claims Region One, Section Two with a fifty-eight fifty-five victory over Morgantown. So University will host John Marshall. Morgantown will travel to Wheeling Park next week. Martinsburg wins in double overtime at home over Musselman in the Region 2 Section 1 championship game. 68-65, Bulldogs get the win. Washington defeats Jefferson, 61-49. That means Jefferson travels to Martinsburg. Musselman travels to Washington. Also in AAA, Anthony Pittman scores his 1,000th career point. But that won't be the memory he takes away, unfortunately, for Capital tonight as the Cougars fall in the AAA Region 3 Section 1 championship game. George Washington gets the win, 69-63. The Patriots now 18-3. Woodrow Wilson in Section 2 Region 3 defeats Princeton 79-45. So you've got Princeton at George Washington, Capital at Woodrow Wilson next week for a state tournament berth. Region 4, Section 1. Parkersburg South gets a late runner from Seth Fallon to defeat Parkersburg. 52-50 the final in that one. Huntington defeats Hurricane on Highlander Mountaintop, 63-57. So Hurricane will travel to Parkersburg South. Parkersburg will travel to Huntington in the regionals next week. In Class AA, Region 1, Section 1, it was Philip Barber defeating Berkeley Springs tonight by a score of 59-51. In Section 2, it was Fairmont Senior over North Marion, 97-54. So Berkeley Springs will have to ride the bus to Fairmont, while North Marion will go to Philip Barber. In Region 2, Section 1, in a couple of semifinal games tonight, it was Robert Seabird defeating Elkins, 58-44, and Bridgeport defeats uh, Liberty Harrison, 65-53. In Region 2, Section 2, it was Braxton County over Nicholas County tonight, 66 54. In Region 4, Section 1, it was Winfield defeating Nitro tonight uh, by a score of 71-64. And in Region 4, Section 2, it was Chapmanville over Logan 57-40. So Logan will travel to Nitro, or Winfield rather, and Nitro will travel to Chapmanville to figure out that regional uh, in Class AA. Rick? Let's take a look at Class A tonight. Again, all these are final. Region 1, Section 1, Wheeling Central rolls over Cameron, 71-44. to 44. Section 2 of that Region 1, Tyler consolidated a 56-51 winner over St. Mary's. That'll send the Blue Devils. That will send the Blue Devils of St. Mary's to Wheeling Central, and Cameron will make the trip to Middleburn to Tyler Consolidated. Region 2 tonight, Notre Dame 61, Trinity 58. Fighting Irish advance out of that one with Zumo with 25 points for Clarksburg-Notre Dame. Also in Class A, Mount View 
led into the second half, but they fell short against a Greater Beckley Christian comeback. Greater Beckley 56-49 winners in Region 3, Section 2 in Class A. Jay Moore with 27 points for Greater Beckley Christian and the Crusaders. Region 4, a very competitive region. Section 1, Ravenswood wins that sectional 52-47, but had to go to overtime to get it done against Parkersburg Catholic and the Crusaders. They're now 14-10. But they're still alive. They'll take on the winner of Section 2 in Region 4. Tug Valley rolled over Van 96-39. The Panthers win Section 2. They will host Parkersburg Catholic. The Van Bulldogs will make the trip into the pit in Ravenswood. Still alive for a trip to the state tournament, but a tall task for the Bulldogs there. That's your Marshall University Sports Journalism, BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. We are running very tight on time, so let's get our best questions ready here. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, uh, almost getting bumped all the way out of the show. But well, we can't do that. We <laughs> can't do that to him. He has been so kind, though, to hang in with us for uh, more than an hour and a half tonight. Bo Anderson is with us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, our resident referee. Bo, thanks so much for joining us. Well, I know one thing's for sure. Uh, Joe, you and Rick, Ryan has caused me a lot of problems because (laughs) over the years I thought I was being introduced and I was known as Bo Anderson, but I realize now I've got to go to the courthouse and get my name changed to Bo Later because I can't wait to meet you. And I realized my name is Bo Later. That was a good All right, Bo, thanks so much for joining us tonight. See you no, next week. No, this way. Um, a great time of year. We've, we've gone over in the past how the uh, officials are assigned for the postseason. Um, but uh, what a fantastic time of year it is for the officials as well because you obviously get yelled at a lot more this time of year because the games are more stressful but at the same time um, you're getting to call the higher level games and and getting to call these games is also an honor for you guys as well Uh, that is correct anytime you know you get in the tournaments and then you get your assignments from the state uh, you look forward to those Um, you you know you're going to call every game during the season hopefully the same uh, but uh, you certainly look forward to this time of the year and getting tournaments and uh, being able to work them. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I've been fortunate over the years. I worked one last night, and I've still got one more to go next week. Um, and, uh, yes, you know, it's – and there, there's something I'd like to remind everybody out there, all the uh, athletic directors and coaches and stuff, at this point in time of the year would be a good time, uh, if you're hosting a regional, to check your clocks to make sure they're working properly before the game to check the possession error to make sure the lights are working on it and just to check some things out so you don't have any malfunctions i know there was uh, a place where a tournament was played and there was some malfunctions on the clock that made it very difficult for the officials and of course we always get the blame for stuff that we can't even control but uh you know it's a good time to to get all that stuff checked and make sure everything's working properly so you don't have some type of uh, problem during the game that uh, could have been avoided. Bill Cornwell was on earlier tonight, and he actually alluded what a great job the officials did in the game he witnessed tonight. You don't hear that a whole lot, uh, do you? uh, Well, you know, he was sitting two seats down from me while I was watching the game, too. (laughs) So that might be one of the reasons. But, no, uh, the game game I watched, uh, yes, uh, you you know, at this time of the year, 
uh, you hope everybody's on top of their game, the, the teams, the coaches, the officials. And, uh, you know, again, and I state this a lot, you know, the game is only officiated as well as it's played. If the game is not played very well, the officiating is not going to be very good. And if the game's played well, then usually the officiating is going to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, if they don't force you to make a, a lot of hard, difficult decisions the whole game that are going to make some happy and some not, then, then it makes it much easier to, to work a nice, smooth game. Tell you what, Bo, uh, real quick here uh, on the, the short side here, state tournament's coming up. We won't be back on the air till the girls' tournament is down to the semifinals. For folks that are either going to the game, maybe listening on the radio, I know there's a, a difference for you as officials there at the state tournament and doing media timeouts. I know what they tell us at the coaches' meeting beforehand, but if you'd share with folks how that media timeout works, I think it would really help people as they enjoy the ball games next week. Yeah, as close as possible, they try to get the media timeouts at the at the midway point of each quarter, uh, and sometimes it, it ends up being a little bit later. Uh, at that point in time, that that is a, a full you know full timeout uh, where they have to wait for all the TV and the radio stations to be ready to come back on and start play again. So they're not starting play while they're on a break. Um, those are at at the four-minute mark of each quarter or as close to it as possible uh, without interfering with the game. Uh, another thing that you'll see, if you look real close, you'll also see the officials wearing a pack on their uh, attached to their uh, pants, and that pack has a mic that goes up to the whistle, and so therefore whenever the official blows the whistle, the mic actually picks it up and stops the clock. And the clock keeper still does his job in case the pack wasn't working right. Uh, but that is a wireless system. And, uh, you know, we are one of the only uh, tournaments that, that uh, uses that system as far as high school goes. Uh, so it makes it a little bit easier when it comes to a critical play that that whistle's blown and that clock stops immediately. So those are a couple of things that you'll see. Uh, at the state tournaments you don't normally see in a regular season high school basketball game. But we are tied on time. We do greatly appreciate you hanging in there with us tonight, though. We've had a full program. I know you've got to listen to most of it on the pro on the phone. <laughs> we'll but, give you more time next uh, yeah, week. <laughs> we, we, we promise you that we will make an effort to give you more time next week. Hey, guys, I just enjoy it. I have fun. I have fun with you guys. I love you guys, and it's just a great show anyway, so I'm going to be listening to it, whether it's on the phone, on the radio, wherever it may be. There you go. Thank you so much. That's Bo Anderson, our resident referee. We have to step aside, take our final break. We'll come back with our poll question and cause time, and we'll also make sure to get you set up for the um, schedule of games next week. And tomorrow, still a couple of sectional games tomorrow when basketball Friday night in West Virginia wraps up here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX, and Wheeling. 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, 
WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM 106.5 FM, Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox WBES Charleston, 950 AM, The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVLW Logan, Light Rock, 93R WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, The Ticket, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM, and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL, Huntington. If you're a Suddenlink cable subscriber, you can find us on Network West Virginia Statewide. In the Huntington region, we're on Comcast Channel 25. And on Facebook Live, go to rsnsports.com's Facebook page. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Rick Marone is in studio with us tonight. Joe Linville here on set with us. Ryan Epling with you as well. Joined now by Kyle Powers as Kyle has our poll question. I do. Last week's poll question was, should the half circle under the basket be implemented in high school basketball? 61% of the voters said yes, and 39% said no. This week's poll question reads, should basketball have been played through the teacher and service personnel strike? Yes or no? Head on over to basketballnight.com to cast your vote. You guys have to 11.45 next week. Thank you very much, Kyle. And Joe, as we get ready to go to uh, our buddy Rick Kozlowski for cause time here to wrap up the program, it's, it's really is a wonderful time, and uh, this is when uh, we can still celebrate all of high school basketball in, in West Virginia as that celebration goes to the main stage in Charleston. It's other than maybe football, you know, playoff time. This this is definitely my favorite time of the year. I mean, you know, you've got uh, your high school. You, I just got to watch a great little little league tournament last week, and then the middle school finished up week before. And now you got you're in the high school sectionals and regionals and. And like we said, coming up this week, uh, Wednesday morning, it's all about the Charleston Civic Center and the girls. Let's go through the schedule real quick. You can find the bracket on basketballnight.com. Double A starts things Wednesday morning, so we'll start with Double A. Uh, 9.30 a.m. Wednesday morning, it will be number three, Wayne, and number six, Logan. Then at 1 o'clock, it's number two, Wyoming East, and number seven, Lincoln. In the evening session at 5.30, number one, North Marion, takes on number eight, Bluefield and at nine in the nightcap, number four Bridgeport takes on number five Frankfurt in class single A. Thursday morning, it will be number three Tucker County against number six Magnolia. That's at 9.30. At one o'clock, number two Willing Central takes on number seven Trinity. Then in the evening session, number one St. Joe takes on number eight Charleston Catholic. 
And at 9 o'clock, number 4 seed Parkersburg Catholic, who is undefeated, takes on number 5 seed Summers County. The AAA Girls State Tournament. The first game that is in that one is in the morning session on Wednesday. Number 2, Parkersburg South, and number 7, Woodrow Wilson. Then on Wednesday evening at 7.15, number 1, Buchanan Upshur, and number 8, Spring Mills. Thursday, 11.15, it will be number 4, Wheeling Park, and number 5, George Washington. And then at 7.15, Thursday night, it's number 3, Parkersburg, and number 6, Martinsburg. So that is your schedule of events for the state tournament coming up in girls basketball. Also want to mention that in boys basketball, Tucker County and Paul Paul will play in the Region 2, Section 2 championship game tomorrow night at Tucker County. Also, tomorrow in Class AA, it will be a matchup between Bridgeport and Robert C. Bird. Those two teams will play in their game, and that game will be at Davison Elkins College because, again, coach is not allowed to coach. Uh, administrators have to coach and uh, games not allowed to be played within the confines of within the borders of Harrison County um, due to the statewide work stoppage so we've got a couple of minutes left here for our uh, good buddy Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal as we are now ready set and by the way one more double A matchup tomorrow (laughs) region three section two Bluefield host Shady Spring at the Brush Fork Armory. Now it is cause time. An abbreviated version. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's almost fitting. (laughs) We can just leave it at that. It's almost fitting. Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal, joins us now on the program. Rick, as always, welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Leave our kids alone. (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait for tomorrow, gentlemen, because you mentioned that Paw Paw Tucker County game. I am going to Tucker County for the first time in my life. All right. I'm excited that you're going to this game. Will you call and hold the phone up so Ryan can listen tomorrow? <laughs> I'll, I'll do my own play-by-play for uh, Ryan so he can uh, tune in. There, you go. there we go. Uh, Definitely a great game tonight between uh, Martin. The, 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 the water, the, the water to the water. Oh wait, that was that was another. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that might have been a, a, an era ago, so to speak. But yeah, let's talk real quick. This is a Paul Paul team. Has got a chance to uh, make a little bit of a run here. Uh, obviously, it's got a difficult road. Tucker County, very good. But uh, at, at the same time, I mean, just to get where they've gotten, this is this is a nice season for Paul Paul Pirates. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, as their coach mentioned yesterday after they won. They're the third smallest school in the state, and the last time that they were able to uh, do anything that anybody really paid attention to was in 2002, or a few years ago. But uh, I think uh, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to see those teams that you don't see very often you know, have some success and make some, you know, get some interest, and well, you know, we're going to see what's going to happen. Rick, we have one ball player in length. Bridgeway, 30, uh, averaging twenty six points a game, and I guess we're running out of time. Great game tonight between Musselman and Martinsburg. Two overtimes. 
they've talked about how evenly matched those teams are. I guess they kind of proved it tonight with double overtime. Rick, we've got one minute left in the program, so that gives you about a 30-minute, uh, 30, 30, 30 seconds to respond here. We don't want that 30 minutes. Uh, I'm losing time even as we speak. Um, isn't this the best time of year for a basketball fan, though? That's why they call it March Madness. Yes, it certainly is. Rick, sorry we, we've had to be abbreviated tonight. I know things have been um, hectic. So uh, we'll give you more time next week. <laughs> That's what we told Mo. So we'll you, guys, you guys keep telling me that. Every week. It seems like it gets shorter. Well, we'll try. We oh, promise we to try. How's that? Well, you know, it could be in two weeks. I'm there for the whole program. We'll just you know, like I have been last two years. All right. See, right. Yeah, we'll we'll keep the seat warm for you. You always have us. You all. You are always welcome on the set of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. Thanks again so much, and enjoy the Paul Paul Tucker County game tomorrow. I hope so. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much as well. And you at home have a great weekend as well. That will do it for this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 13 down, 2 to go. When we come back next week, it will be semifinal Friday of the Girls' State Tournament. We will also have the Boys' State Tournament schedule ready to go next Friday night. Weather permitting, <laughs> crossing your fingers there. Thanks so much for joining us. Back in one week. Good night. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the mountain state. Visit basketballnight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.